0: Rolling Dice and Taking Names is sponsored by The Broken Token, creator of high-quality gaming accessories and storage solutions. Visit them online at thebrokentoken.com.
1: Where were you last weekend? Atlanta. Who were you with? Bunch of gamers. What were you doing?
2: playing
0: games, why so many questions? Because on this episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names, the guys talk about
1: their trip to CMON Expo, plus interview several guests. Now back to my questions. Hey, and welcome back to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. This is episode number 92, Midnight Train to Georgia. I'm Tony. And this is Marty. We are proud members of the Dice Tower Network. I remember to say it, Marty. Good, because we don't want to get in trouble with Tom. No, we don't. We, you know, But we really are. We, we are proud members of the Dice Tower Network. And, you know, you always ask me, why did I name a title after a certain song? Well, I'm just going to save the suspense for you, man. You ready for this? Well, I kind of know what this one is. Well, yeah, we went down to Kumini or Not Expo, but I really wished we had been on a train. That was brutal going into Atlanta on Thursday. Yeah, we we got within 30 miles of our destination, and your GPS goes, you still have an hour and 15 minutes. I remember one time we were like, oh, cool, just seven miles. You still have 30 minutes to go. What? And it, well, what's up with that? And then leaving, it was like... This is a Sunday, Mother's Day, we're leaving, and it was just like backed up forever, and we were like, oh my gosh. I mean, Atlanta's a great city, and we'll talk about that, but still, man, that traffic was just a downer. Yeah, I will not work or live in Atlanta. It's a nice city, but I will not work or live there just for the traffic alone. We had a great time, didn't we? Oh my gosh,
2: yes. That's my third time. It's your first time. We got so many experiences to share with everybody about the games we played, the people we played them with. And just the whole experience, oh, such a good time. I'm still on
1: somewhat of a high from it. We were able to sit down with Jared Miller from Cool Mini or Not, and he shared with us everything that was going on. And we th- said, you know, we should really be recording this. So we did.
2: So we're excited to have with us today from Cool Mini or Not, Jared Miller, the marketing manager yep. of Cool Mini or Not. That's yeah, that was awesome. That's me.
3: Yeah, we nailed
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's one of the guys that helped organize this whole expo uh, that we were uh, so thrilled to uh, come to this weekend. We are at the end of the expo; it's Sunday mm-hmm. afternoon, so we're so we're wrapping up. So, uh, Jared, was it all you was hoping it would be?
3: Yeah, we've had a great time. It sounds like everyone I've talked to has had a, you know, just a fun time playing a lot of new games we announced a lot of games back at gamma and we were finally able to show a lot of them let people get hands-on like what um so we've got unusual suspects is our big one um that people have really been liking Tada! which um is both of those are kind of party games so they get yeah. they get loud and uh that's always nice especially in a convention setting mm-hmm. um you know waka tonka is coming out soon uh the Grizzled at your orders expansion so, um massive darkness. We gave people a little bit of a limited look at Bloodborne. I mean, the list the list is huge. Yep. So, but yeah, that's that's just the name of a few.
2: And Sorry. we actually got to try a lot of those. Got to try Unusual Suspects. Did you play to die, Tony?
1: Oh yeah, I played to
2: die and it was fun. It, it was, was fun. That's from our buddy Steve one. Avery. Yes, the designer yes. Steve Avery. Yeah, uh, we love Steve. Uh, he's awesome and uh the uh we had a big uh a group of people playing Unusual Suspects mm-hmm. yesterday. We had a lot of the media people here, like us, uh, Sam and Z and Rodney and yeah, Chris Jamie. and Jamie. Yeah. It, that was that was a blast yes. too.
3: That, that, that was fun and, to watch. I was watching from the sidelines, and it looked, that looked uh, like a blast. And
1: from the sidelines, it looked like a clash of a bunch of A personalities going at one another and trying no,
2: to convince. Oh no, <laughs> of course not. No, no. Yeah. So, uh, like, when is Un-
3: Unusual Suspects supposed to hit? Uh, Unusual Suspects and to die in these games that are you've been. William. Um, this year for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, ideally, Gen Con is what we're is what we're looking for. So it's things we, since we have so many products. You know, it's kind of becoming a balancing act of when we want to get kind of what out there to fans because we don't want to like just overload everyone with things. But there's Games like that, we're really hoping to have at Gen Con for everyone to to start enjoying, and those are going direct to retail. Mm-hmm. So you know, after Gen Con, they'll be it'll be a bit of an early release. At Gen Con, So we'll just get them out there so people get that special kind of early look. And then from there, we'll start hitting retail stores after that.
2: And it's funny. I was uh, uh, talking to uh, David um, earlier, mm-hmm. who was the CEO or president of the company. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and he was like, it's a kind of a new look that Cool Me or Not is is coming out with this year because we're so used to the zombie sides and the rum and bones yes. and our credit with these m- massive big box games with mm-hmm. the big Kickstarters. Yeah. And all these games that you just mentioned are not coming on Kickstarter.
3: No. Uh, so, you know, we really want... So I mean, we're still doing the Kickstarter thing. That's, you know, part of our our, our thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are, like you said, trying to focus on more uh, small box or even some non-small box stuff, but things that are just going direct to our retailers. So fans don't, you know, we will have them out there. You'll just be able to go get them. You don't have to worry about Kickstarting. And, you know, some of them will have many. So, like, one I didn't mention earlier is the Godfather coming from Eric Lang Um, that one's going to have minis it's going to be a bigger box game Um, I mean probably about a box the size I mean we don't have it finalized but a box the size of like Zombicide and things like that so nice minis but it's going straight to retail Right, not doing any of the Kickstarter stuff for that and that's we just want to like you said it's a new face for us we trying it out and we've got a lot of great games coming up and it's very they're very different games you know it's not that same experience of like the Arcadia Quest I mean same same quality and fun Mm Mm-hmm but, um, you know, just like straight to retail and we think it, we think it's a good direction to go, um, and still mix it with giving people that, those big box, big rewards type of things. So, so here at Cool Man, not expo. What roughly were the attendance numbers? We, so I don't have the final numbers just yet, but we, uh, did have a higher pre-reg than we've had last year so i think we were around 300 or so people i don't i don't have the final numbers with me right now but it was a good turnout we like um you know we never aim to be a gen con or anything like that um we like to have i mean we of course we'd always like more people but keeping those those smaller numbers really gives the con that laid back just kind of friends hanging out Playing games, type of type of feel. so
1: Right. I mean, if you got to that number, just think of the number of volunteers you'd have to have to demo right. your products. And I mean, yeah. and well, yeah, while there was some small minor waiting, you were able to get to those games that you mm-hmm. say, Oh, I, I backed that game and now I'm able to play it like Masmora or preview Godfather or even just do something as silly as playing this. You had plenty of small little card games, yep. and, and even from other publishers were here. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I I got to sit down with Richard Lanius and yep. you know Eighth Summon and Defenders of the Last Stand. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Another I got to play a game with Richard Lanius.
3: Yeah, I, it was great. So Arkham Horror is actually the game that his new edition of Arkham Horror back when it first came out with Fantasy Flight was the game that got me into tabletop gaming, like beyond just your average board games. So it was great to have him. But that's the thing we so we're all fans of board gaming here of tabletop mm-hmm. games. So we want to. This is a celebration of CMON Games. It's a great place for us to show things for fans to get a quick, like, a first look at those games, but we also want to see other games. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we always try to have uh, some other other developers here, and designers, and just special guests like that.
2: Yeah, and that's a, a great point that uh, Tony had with playing with Richard Lonnie. He's here at not? Comunot- Expo, you can sit down with Eric Lang yep, and play one of the games he's designed, mm-hmm. or one that he's working on, and that's not going to happen at Gen Con. No. It's just way too crowded. Uh, Eric's going to be a very busy guy, but here he is, just like demo after demo. It's like, alright, next group in, let's, let's go play some. Yep. And if anybody wanted to play Godfather, you probably could have the opportunity to sit down and play with
1: Eric Lang.
3: Yeah, with the uh, Eric Lang prototype too so you get to see an eric lang prototype that's always a, a special event yeah
1: so. <laughs> and it's not just games you had tournaments going mm-hmm. on i believe you even, didn't you have a guild ball tournament last so night?
3: we actually yeah we did have a guild ball tournament last night um that was uh we had crossmaster regional qualifier so we just started uh we just came out uh published well distributed crossmaster quest Mm -hmm. um and you know we'll be going ahead with crossmaster arena 2.0 so we're we're holding those regional qualifiers then we had ones for our our own tournaments like dark age immortals where the winner of that will actually become a miniature in the game yeah um you know we debuted our arcadia quest uh tournament rules here and the that went over really well that's cool um So, yeah, we have lots of different tournaments, uh, things like Ragnarok Tournament for um, Blood Rage. Um, This is a great place for us to try out things with those games before we try to maybe roll them out to a mass audience.
2: Right. Now, even though um, you talked about all those smaller games earlier that's going to be going straight to retailer, retailer, your next big Kickstarter project was a very... Got a lot of buzz and hype over the weekend. And that was Massive Darkness. Yes. And if yes. people hadn't heard about that, could you give us a quick synopsis yeah. of the of
3: that game? So, that is from. We got the, the band back together that brought everyone uh, Zombicide. Um, so, Guillotine Games and Cool Mini, and we've got the designers on board. And it's a brand new dungeon crawl game. It has visually maybe some similarities to Zomicide, but it's a very different game. So, um, it's scenario based, you have your heroes, you'll be uh, able to mix and match heroes with different classes. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no Dungeon Master needed, so everyone gets to play. So we do have a good AI system for all of our enemies. And um, there's, uh, as you get experience, you can buy different powers and there's different choices. So you can really make these characters your own as you go through. You know, that's kind of what we have out there right now. We're the Kickstarter we're planning for either end of May or early June, but we also don't want to launch it before it's ready. Sure. You know, we want to make sure that it is going to be the best game it can be. Um, So that's what we're aiming for. But if you know, if we have to, we're not going to just rush it out to have another Kickstarter going.
2: Right. So that means uh, everybody who's uh, listening, that means start saving your pennies now because there's another one of those big, massive Kickstars for yes. Cool Mini and I are coming in the next month or two. That you, yes.
1: can, you can't help not to just go, okay, what's the next unlock? Where are they going to get me next? Oh, look, there's a nice, cool add in I would love to have with that game as well. Well, the r- reason why the Kickstars are so popular for Cool Mini is because
2: there's so much value in it. I mean, every game that's been released, big box game has been released on Kickstarter. If you tried to piecemeal that oh, same yeah. set after retail, it would
1: cost way more than what yeah. it was during Kickstarter. I mean, yeah, the Blood Rage. I mean, when you think of that, you did the backing of Blood Rage, and you got all the expansions with right. it, and just and we heard here that people you know, trying to g- complete the set post.
2: Uh, Kickstarter through retail, and it's costing them hundreds of dollars to yeah. be able to pull that so, off. So,
1: yeah, we're trying to sell your Kickstarter here. Yeah, it? okay,
2: well, thank you. I don't yeah. think we have to sell <laughs> it. Sells it sells itself.
1: But, uh, but to, the, to the point of, you know, you've got that going on from the Kickstarter standpoint, and it's just like something else. But one thing we did here in the panels, there's panels here even, guys. There's mm-hmm. painting classes and all that stuff here in Atlanta, and you you still hear about, you know, you can get those promos in there. But if you also come here, if they're in stock, mm-hmm. people can pick up some of the promos they may have missed as well.
3: Yeah, so every convention we try to have some of those some of those promos people might have missed. So we, we never sell any of our Kickstarter exclusives. But we do, if we have them, we'll do promos. So like you said here, if people came, you know, um, when they sign up, they got promos. We actually premiered a, a special convention pack for this year that um, our convention coordinator, Ray, helped set up. Um, uh, so that w- this is the first place you could get it we will have them at future conventions mm-hmm. but those are brand new cards that will only be for the 2016 convention year and then okay. the idea is next year we have a 2017 promo pack like that, so. that that's great so
2: I guess, uh, right after you start wrapping this up, you ready to uh, start planning for next year? Well, no, we're probably going to get through this con season, right, with Origins and Gen Con and everything, and then probably we'll
3: look to next year. Well, so, yeah, we have we have a ton of stuff coming up, but we do have the dates for next year already. Oh, so, and can oh. you spill them? Yes. Uh, it will is be... it
1: Mother's Day weekend again? Please, please. No, so, he's being sarcastic.
3: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it is May 12th through 14th, which is going to fall on Mother's Day. Oh! Uh, <laughs> But we're hoping to maybe have a special Mother's Day event. So we encourage people to bring their mothers. Um, but it's, it is a thing we would love to avoid. But to get this hotel, which this is actually the first time in um, the Hyatt that we're, ha- that we're here. And um, we've loved it. The people have been great. All of the attendees have seemed to really enjoy it. So that's just... Unfortunately, those are the dates that come up for us. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, this year we were up against Captain America... Civil War, right. Free Comic Book Day, and Mother's Day. Right. So we're slowly eliminating the things that we know people don't want to miss. Right. Uh, so yeah. So next year will be Mother's Day, but uh, we highly encourage you to to bring your mom, play some games with her, and uh, yeah, just have fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, and also don't forget college graduation.
3: Uh, yeah, that was this weekend yeah. too oh, yeah. at Boy. Georgia Tech. Oh, okay. and, and us I, us. I didn't realize that. Most so. of the Southern universities, that's okay. They, they do that. And uh, Who needs to go to graduation?
1: Yeah, You've crazy. done all the work. Those of us who have kids, we've paid for it. So, I mean, it's not like yeah. we are, you know, it's, I mean, yeah, you, whatever. Yeah, you've
3: been paying the money. Just go have fun <laughs> now, Exactly. So. Now,
1: I will say one thing about the location. This location is incredible. You're right next to a metro stop. Mm-hmm. So you're able to get on that system. And Atlanta has a very good system. It's not like D.C., You've got some great – but, I mean, it works. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, and then you've got your you're near Pity Pat's porch, which is a great restaurant here in the Atlanta area. Mort's Cafe. And here at Rolling Dice and Taking Names, we know our food. Um, <laughs> a, a great steak place. But you're right. And then also you have the mall. I mean, and mm-hmm. a great – a restaurant founded here in Atlanta – Chick Fil A. I mean, oh, my yeah. gosh, what more could you ask <laughs> yep. for? Yeah, it is a great location. You're, yeah. you're
2: close to a lot, lot of food. It's you got a CVS really close by yep. in case you forget your toothbrush, yep. and
1: it's just it's just very convenient. Now, if you could have gotten the ballroom up, up a level, then we could have seen glass and outdoors. You know, right? Yeah, And for, unfortunately, <laughs> I think they were actually it's not doing
2: nothing but complaining. Yeah. I'm not. I'm
1: giving suggestions. Oh, okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Things they don't think.
1: No, no. <laughs> seriously, great hotel. Easy to get around in. I mean, Central Atlanta. It's amazing We're near the world of Coke near the mo, uh, not mo, aquarium uh, the aquarium.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean, so if else? you get bored of us.
1: Well, it's one of those things. things, if you want to bring your family, you want yeah, to
3: bring your exactly. mom. They have other things to do. Then
2: you got yeah. other things you can can but, do in yeah. Atlanta. But great. this is a great show. Great uh, show. Uh, it's a, I've had a, oh, This is my third time uh, coming. It's one of those things, I just want to make an annual event now because it is so uh, uh, compact and tight, and you can see so many people, mm-hmm. and you're not running around between different halls. Everything's in one location, yep. and the panels that you have are just right outside the hall, so it's easy to get to. The painting classes that Tony referred to are back in one corner. Yeah. You can go watch those and see how it's going on so everything is right there three to four hundred people uh very kind of close-knit it's, it's just a great experience
3: well thank you I'm really happy you enjoyed it that's the that's what we were going for and I think this year it's really shaping up to be what we envisioned for it you know we've had some different steps um but yeah this year I think is it, it's just going to go up from here well, thanks for coming on. You're welcome. Thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, and we'll definitely, I guess we'll probably see you at uh, Origins. I will be at
3: Origins. So Cool.
2: So yeah. we'll see you in a month then. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, All man. Right.
3: You're welcome. Thanks, guys.
1: Hey guys, if you haven't gone over to portalgames.pl in a while, you really should. Ignacy is putting information up there constantly, as well as he just opened up Crazy Cart's pre-order. You can also see various videos, such as for Cry Havoc, and also be sure to check him out on Snapchat. Just two weeks ago, he was releasing some of the images from Cry Havoc, which no one has seen before. Be sure to check it out at portalgames.pl.
2: Now, of course, one of the big highlights of the Cool Mean or Not Expo is getting to play all the cool new games. Hey, they ought to use cool in the name of the...
1: Oh, they do. Well, of course they do. I mean, you know, just think about it. They're all cool little miniatures, and we saw a ton of them on the tables. Ah, but that's the thing. Not all
2: of them had miniatures this year, which was kind of the new face that they're trying to put on the company where it's not just about miniatures for their games anymore
1: an example of a game that we played marty while we were there that did not have a miniature that let's say you had a blast at it what was one that caught your eye well one of the first ones is that potion explosion i think you got to play
2: that before i did and it's one, it's one of those things when I first heard about it, I went, I don't know. But after you play playing, it's really kind of cool. The whole concept is you're actually like playing a physical game of like Candy
1: Crush or Bejeweled. Oh, man, just the idea of pulling the marbles, that game. I was so happy that I got to play that game. Have you ever played a game where the sudden euphoria hits you like... This is so me.
2: Kind of explain what's going on. There's a little uh, cardboard tray. How many columns were in it? Do you remember? I believe there were five, five rows.
1: I believe there were five rows of various colored marbles. It was yellow, blue, black, red. And I believe that was all of them. And uh, you just basically uh, dump the marbles into the top
2: of the uh, little contraption, and then they just fall into the little columns. And it's just like I said, less like a Bejeweled. The whole goal of the game is to try to get, uh, f- to fulfill, uh, make potions. And the potions are made with different color marbles. So you may get a potion that says, we need three red, two yellow, and a blue. Uh, but the neat mechanic is, is, when you pull a marble out, if two uh, same color marbles touch, you get to pull those out. So you're trying to do those cute little combos
1: just like you do in Bejeweled and get as many marbles as you can each turn. Right. Now, one thing you didn't mention though, when you pull these marbles into these columns, you don't get to see all the marbles. The top portion of the rows are hidden from view, so you really can't see it. So it's kind of like when you pull that one marble and, and they all start rolling down, it's like a surprise. It's so much fun to sit there and go, Ooh, what's coming next? What's coming? Please be the blue marbles, please. Because if I pull this one and, and then that explodes, and like you're saying, then the combos, and you pull those, and then out pops blue, you get all giddy and excited. And there was just something so neat about having those marbles in your hand.
2: It was a very tactile game of, of being Able to you know to mess with the marbles and pull them and hold them into, into your hand, and again the whole goal was again to try to complete potions, mm-hmm. and you try to complete potions of the same type in order to complete a set. And you, was it called a favor? A favor, yeah. You would get favors. Yeah, and the first, and once you had two favors in the game, the game was over. Well, each type of potion had certain abilities. After you made it, you could consume it, and it would do certain things for you, like let you have wild cards or draw uh, colors uh, from the bottom row of the uh, of the device. Uh, and then after you, but anyway, all the potions had uh, victory points associated with them. And at the end, when the game was over, you got to have the victory points, the person both wins. So the gameplay is
1: very simple. It's just the mechanic pulling those marbles. It's really cool. I agree with you. I'm so glad we got to play that. Not one. So that made it even more special. Now, this game's already out over in Europe. Cool Mini's bringing it to America. Look for it in third quarter of this year. It is a definite must buy for me. Yeah, I played it once, but I loved it that much. What else we got here? What else did you get to play? One of our buddies, Steve Avery, got a game
2: that's going to be published by Cool Me or Not. Ta-da. Ta-da. When you hear about this game, here's the basic concept. You have uh, a cup of dice. You roll the dice out. And what you're trying to do is complete magic spells. And each each uh, spell has a certain number of dice, or a certain size of dice that you need to complete the spell. And there's one symbol per side of the dice. So you roll the dice. And it's somewhat not like... I guess maybe somewhat like Yahtzee, you're just trying to finish out your potion. That sounds kind of simple and plain, right? What's cool is with each potion, there's a feat that's played. And the feat is what makes this game so much fun. This is essentially a party game. An example of a feat is anytime that you lock in one of your dice, you roll all the dice out of the cup, you could take one dice and you can put it into place and lock it in. Your feat may say something like this. Maybe it says, after you lock in a dice, you have to clap your hands three times uh, before you put the dice back in the cup, or maybe you have to stand up and sit down before you take your next roll. Or the funny one is you have to put your head on the table and keep your head on the table the entire time as you're trying to match the dice with the card and put the dice back
1: in the cup and roll it again. Oh my gosh. We had so much fun with that game. It's just silly fun. That's all it was. And my favorite one of of course, was the one wherever you got a dice to lock. You had to be a pirate and go That that, <laughs> that one was one of my favorite. But, yeah, silly fun. Expect nothing less from Mr. Avery on this. And, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah, you got to be in the right mood to play it. But definitely, guys, if, if you enjoy those types of quick action games. Um, oh, and there's also that take that element to it, Marty, where you may finish one of your spells. See, some of the spells had things in it and forced you to do something. Rodney Smith had the spell where he
2: had to tell a <laughs> truth about himself after he locked in a dice. And the first one he
1: blurted is sometimes IP sitting down, <laughs> which of course was very strategic by Mr. Smith because the rest of us started dying laughing and therefore we couldn't roll our dice. So that was awesome. Another good one, too, is you get to pick somebody and every time
2: they lock in a dice, you have to give them a compliment but anyway this this is just a a fun game it's one of those that we had a bunch of people playing and we were making such a ruckus that i think we were disrupting the rest of the hall but everybody came around and was watching us Again, a great party game. Uh, Steve, great idea. It's going to be a lot of fun. And Steve said, wow, you, had, you guys had a lot of fun without
1: even drinking anything. I know, but it is. It, that's one of those. It's going to have to do with the group you're with. Another cool game we got to play that was a party game is Unusual Suspects. Now, let me say this, Marty. Hold on. It's not really a social deduction game. On Instagram, I posted out and said, oh, look, another social deduction game. I was completely wrong. This is really not a social deduction game. You know what I associated this game with, Marty? What's that? Code names. I can see that. The whole idea is that you got a stack of cards with different people on. Them. You put
2: out twelve. And the person, just like in code names, there's a person who knows what the words are. And this one, you know who the suspect is. And there's going to be clues given, like each person's going to read a clue, like which one of uh, did this person, did your suspect ever go to a major league baseball game? And then he'll answer yes or no. So if he said yes, he went to a major league baseball game, then you try to eliminate all those that did not. So then as a group, you're trying to decide which one of these people probably did not go to a baseball game. And the whole idea is to narrow it down to one person to try to determine who the suspect was. That was a lot of fun. We had another big group uh, playing that too. And that's one of those that will support a lot of people, which is really cool. And the whole goal of the game is try to eliminate as many suspects early in the game. Mm -hmm. And because you get uh, points for every suspect that you eliminate, but the more rounds you go, uh, the more points they're worth when you eliminate them. The goal is get the
1: lowest score possible. Right. So if you are lucky enough to get a Great question, and you can quickly eliminate someone, then your score is lower. Now, there was a variant to this that I was reading in the rule books, and I, and I don't, unfortunately, you know, this was a couple days ago for us that you could actually do teams and see who could score the lowest. So that's what made me even think more of code names where, like, can this team beat this other team and can score and figure out the witness quickly?
2: So that's going to be coming out later this year, too. Now, look, all these games we've talked about so far, no miniatures whatsoever, nor is the next game as
1: tony and i got to play the expansion to grizzled oh yes this is one of those that you know that game was hard enough thank you for making it almost impossible we appreciate no no no, it's not impossible (laughs) you won i lost i lost awful
2: yeah i did and so uh we got a copy of the expansion and i played it at lunch this past week and the idea is that Uh, You know, in the past, you basically said, all right, how many cards is everybody going to get this round try to eliminate them? With the At The Orders, the person who is the starting player draws two mission cards. And these cards will dictate the minimum number of cards that you hand out, but you could give out more, and some sort of rule. The rule could be, all right, uh, this mission automatically has a knight or a, a bullet, as part of the mission, it's like, oh, now great. Now we already have one in play. And after the mission's over, it goes away. Or there was one that I saw that said, At, right before you start, you must pick one player and they must immediately withdraw. So it's one less person playing in the game. But Tony, they were not all bad. Some of them were actually kind of okay. Some of them like gave you a reprieve. And that was actually uh, one of the ones where you could uh, get rid of a couple cards out of your hand, or there was some mechanic where you could get rid of the cards a little bit quicker. So. Some of them were bad. Some of them were nice. But the cool thing I like about it is, is now you have difficulties. There's varying difficulties of missions, easy, normal, and difficult. So now you can make the game however hard you want it to be. Was Grizzled
1: not hard enough to begin
2: with? Well, no, I think that's the whole purpose. Now there's easy missions, which you might be more successful at as opposed to just playing the base game. Yeah, but you're still using the Grizzled deck, right? Yes, you are. But here's another rule that we didn't mention either the most number of cards that's going to move over in the morale drop is now 6. So if you're sitting if you're sitting around with 10 cards in everybody's hand, the most they will come over 6. So that's actually very strategical cuz you may decide everybody withdraw because of a bad mission or something even though you have more
1: six cards, you know that's the max that's going to go over. Wasn't the minimum still 3? Yes. I thought so. So and, and I mean, you know, so you still have your hard knocks. From the original, you still have, you know, the standard icons and trapdoors and all that good stuff. You still have your morale speeches, all that's still in the game. Emissions and one other little thing. It's a silly little thing as well, but you got little standees for the people. (laughs) So now you can see the guys. Oh, also, too, you talked about the speeches. They don't leave the game now.
2: They stay in the game forever. So once you use them, they just go back to the pool. And if you get uh, support... Uh, If you get support for a round, you get to flip over your good luck card and get rid of two hard knocks as opposed to one or the other.
1: Yeah. So I'm still trying to push it that the game
2: is still hard because it is. It's still hard. It is. But I love this. I love the idea that each mission you go on is now maybe a little bit different than the last. It just adds a sweet, sweet variant. They had them in limited supply at the show. It was $15
1: MSRP. If you like Grizzle, this is a must-have. Oh, yeah. you. Well, you may play it without it, but I don't see why you would. Because the missions, you know, that, that just add so much to it, and I really enjoyed them. Now, none of the games we've talked about have miniatures in them, but we did get to
2: play games with miniatures, and one of the first ones I got to play was Mass More. Now this was a Kickstarter earlier in the year, and it's built on the Arcadia Quest universe. But this is a dungeon diving or dungeon delving game, where like many of those types of games, you start out with uh, some tiles, and you explore, and you flip over tiles, and new monsters come out, and you have to fight them. Uh, It's really cool because you have, of all the characters out there, they're all very unique. One was like a cleric, one was like a healer, and you it's, it's kind of reminds me, Tony, of Roll for the Galaxy, where you roll the dice and you do your actions based on what was rolled. So you can roll once and then re-roll as many dice as you want, and you your actions are based on what was rolled. You could maybe attack somebody, drink a potion to heal, do some magic to activate something uh, else. You have shields. And when you go into a room with a monster, the monsters are not indicated by miniatures. They're just dice. And it may say, roll a blue die or maybe a yellow die. And you roll the die and there's a monster indicated on it. And then you have a little sheet that tells you what the health of the monster is. The goal of the game is try to destroy the monsters and get XP. And the first person to get 16 XP wins. But what's neat is you play. As you get XP, you level up. Meaning after you get like four or five XP, you can uh, take additional spells. So everybody has a couple spell cards and you could take one of the first level spells, which makes you a little more powerful. And then as you level up, you could take another spell, etc. After playing this game, I was like, I wish I had backed this. And then I remembered you backed it. And now I'm so happy because it was fun.
1: Was it? So are you telling me I did a good
2: backing here? You did a good backing, but I will say this, more so than Arcadia Quest, this is very much a backstabbing game. There's a lot of player interaction. There's a lot of affecting other people. You can have people uh, get killed. But what's nice is if they die, they don't lose all their XP. They just go to the lowest level XP for their current level.
1: Now, if I remember correctly, they also, and you probably didn't do this, but I thought there was some type of co-op type sign off on it where maybe you don't. I don't know.
2: Uh, well, we did not play co-op. Okay, I was playing with Rodney and Pep. There was no co-op in this game. There
1: is no co-op there with a bunch of <laughs> stabbing
2: <laughs> Canadian. But there's also, you can collect gold. There's treasure chest and you go in there and try to collect the treasure chest and to, and to get a treasure chest, you have to lock in dice. Like maybe say a treasure chest says you need to lock in a sword and a defense die and you get to open this chest and you get gold. You can spend five gold to get a card. Now, this is not, this is where the interactivity comes in. On the card, there's a top portion and a bottom. One of them is you play during your turn, which you can usually do to help yourself out. The other one is you could play during anybody's turn, and it's usually a take that type card. Mm. Like, oh, you just played a cool card that's going to give you a bonus defense. I'm going to cancel that effect, you know, or something like that. Or you can make it harder for others. So that's another one the take that elements, but also at the end of your turn, everybody's in control of moving the monsters and they have two movement points. So you can take the monsters and move them
1: into other rooms with other people which, and be cruel that way too. Well, I'm glad I backed it. Even if it'll be fun for us to play big time. Oh Yeah. And we were hearing about where some people were actually using like mass more to say, do exactly what, Cool, many were not was going to say, you know, these are the starting players f- to lead them into Arcadia Quest. And people were trying to figure out ways to take those characters and as they level there, then take them over to Arcadia Quest or, or the other game we got to see Arcadia Quest Inferno, which I didn't get to mm-hmm. play. But, you know, that's kind of neat. I like how they string it along together. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this one. I hate I, I missed out on getting to play it. Every time I went over there, the, the game was full or better yet. Um, they were just getting started. And, and I was like, oh, man, so it's going to take a while. But you didn't want to sit around and wait for it. But it, other than that, I'm glad you got to play it and and give me the big old thumbs up on that backing. But you got to play a game I didn't get to play, which sounded really fun. Which one was that? I'm just messing with Why you. Why don't you tell everybody? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no i am like it's right there in the notes dude <laughs> oh my bad um well one of the games i got to play it was actually not a cool mini or not game so we're going to talk a little bit about the other companies were there this was from eighth summit and i got to sit down and play with eight summits defenders of the last stand which was kickstarted a couple months ago and that was the final production copy and it was a very very good Great, inspiring, fun time because I got to play with Jamie and Chris, and our narrator was Richard Lonius. So that was. That, I, that made the game right there. Game could have been crap. And I would have said, that's awesome. I was jealous of that. Here you were down there. I saw you at the
2: end. I believe who you're playing with, Chris and Jamie and who?
1: Chris, Jamie and Richard Lanius. So Chris and Jamie from the Secret Cabal and Richard Lanius. And Richard wasn't playing. He was narrating the game and walking us through the game. Defenders of the Last Stand is the post-apocalyptic Mad Max type of Defenders of the Realm. Now, everybody was saying, oh, you know, it's, it's all the same. Well, no, not really. I've played Defenders of the Realm and I now I've played Defenders of the Last Stand. And yes, while it is a similar mechanism of going out and beating the four bosses to win, there are scenarios that you have to complete in order to win the game or will help you win the game by defeating the bosses. So the game comes with three scenarios. We only got to play the first one where you had to go out and this is a new item where you scavenge the areas to find artifacts to help you build a laser. So and it, well, it was. It was a laser man. It was a big laser. And that laser helps you kill the bosses. But some of the neat effects on the cards were that you could buy in cards and get special items. There was all this interaction, but the game is very easy to play and understand. Just like Defenders of the Realm, you've got actions you've got to spend in order to move your character. It plays really fast. But the things that separated from Defenders of the Realm were the radiation checks. You'd be on certain tiles, and if you had rolled and you failed your radiation check, you would mutate. Some mutations were good some mutations weren't so good. So that was a kind of a neat effect. And if you got too many mutations, well, you died, obviously. And you had to start over with a new character. Other things allowed you to, oh, I don't know, discover unique items. There were missions that would come out just like quests from Defenders of the Realm. But these missions, you didn't draw when you completed your mission. You had to get back to the main city and pick up one of those missions. It was from, the, he called it the Governor. Richard called it the Governor. There's enough difference in it that I think, you know, both would deserve a place on your shelf. If you enjoyed the Defenders of the Realm, I know you would enjoy Defenders of the Last Stand. Now, I will say the miniatures were not cool. Many are not miniatures. There were some items that, you know, they they weren't that up to that quality or anything like that, but it did not take away from the gameplay
2: yeah, I look forward to to trying this I, again. I was just jealous because you were sitting there playing Richard because Richard so gets into his games. I bet him
1: narrating and like running the game for you was really cool. Oh, yeah. And then, and every time, like if I did something stupid, he'd just look at you and he'd say something to you, like, uh, <laughs> Really? You want to do that? Hint, hint. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, so but, um, You guys may want to go back, if you enjoyed Defenders of the Realm, take a look at it. Uh, I know I didn't back it at the time um, because I was kind of wondering, is this something that I need to get on my shelves along with Defenders of the Realm? And, you know, hey, guess what? I'm, I'm going to see if I can find myself a copy so I can have both of them. And this is 8th Summit that's putting this out? Yeah, 8th Summit. And I believe they're like two or three months away. You can check their website and find out. But yeah, that, that was a neat one to get to play there. Yeah, and two
2: other games that people were very excited about was Eric Lang's new games, Bloodborne, and The Godfather. Now, that's the one everybody's like, oh, The Godfather. And in fact, we had a chance to sit down with Eric and talk to him about those two games. So let's hear him tell us about it. We are so excited to have our favorite Canadian heavy metal designer with us, Eric Lang. Hello. <laughs> you fit all those. You're Canadian. You're a game designer, and you like to rock. I do like to rock and or roll. That's nice. We we kind of do both here. Well, we roll a little bit. I don't yeah. know about the rocking part.
1: No, but I mean, when last time you were on, you gave us such a great show. Oh man, I mean, it was so funny and thank you so much for doing that. That was incredible. And we cool. saw all the others on the floor. Is it, how's like it going? Like was dropped on the floor. Exactly. Cause we, you know, somebody got Alex like flipped the table cause they were tired of the, oh getting beat God. down constantly. over, and over, over, and over by. Yeah. You know, and they were just like, I can't believe you did that to us. And matter of fact, the one guy said, the gentleman who was demoing was like, I really felt bad, but, I just had to take out, take them all out.
4: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, actually, the, um, somebody injured themselves with the apocalypse figure. Have you seen that one? They, uh, they, no, they, I haven't. They, they actually had the apocalypse uh, set out somewhere with uh, the miniatures, and he's like, he's the, he looks like I don't know what how to describe it. He looks like just an explosion. Mm. Like some somebody took a tentacle and sent it into black hole, and poof, <laughs> all <over> the tentacles <laughs> came out. And it and it's you know he's crazy. and He's like as big as my hand and i guess he was inspired by the videos that i did in um uh, at conventions where like with blood rage right when i was like whipping him on the yes, floor yes yeah like you can't break this and he was like look at this apocalypse you can't break this so he threw it on the air the big pointy tentacle guy and caught it in his hand and cut his hand <laughs> 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 so kids don't throw miniatures around and don't cut yourself with them Enforced but the mist by eric way
2: but the miniature didn't break
4: no, the miniature but didn't so, so the test passed. The miniature passed the test, he did not. Yeah, exactly. So you had
1: to put this toy thing warning on your well, game? We always do. Okay. Just want to make sure because obviously you can't swallow it. It's too big. It's too big. It's okay. too big. Yeah, it's gonna be hard for a child to get uh, that into uh, his mouth. Know, right. never do know.
2: So. Yeah, so that's one of the games we got to show off this weekend. Is the final production? I, find, I guess it was a final copy of, or close to it, it of was, the others.
4: It was final miniatures. I think they were the, they were production miniatures, but of course uh, the uh, and final graphics, but mm-hmm. the uh, materials weren't right. They were still right. on our little foam core stuff. But yeah, the, uh, we sent that game to the printer finally like two months ago two and a half months ago and now it's just going through the production process and uh we'll be here as soon as possible you can't see this because my fingers are crossed yeah if, yes. if
2: this was video you You'd would see. see eric with his left hand fingers crossed yeah the,
4: the right ones too but they were under the table
2: oh yeah okay. that, that's true man you got long fingers do you play guitar yeah i knew it you, you had the fingers of a guitarist. Oh, yeah, you yeah. the He can, he can, he can fret. Anything. Yeah. This man can fret a guitar, I can bet. The next the first game I actually got to play of yours when I got here, and the one I was very excited about was Bloodborne.
4: Bloodborne. Oh, you didn't get to play with me, right? You played with uh, somebody else showed you. Yes.
2: Uh, yes, that's correct. Yes, we, we got to play, and oh, that was fun. That was fun. And you know what?
4: I've died a lot. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I actually just played with um, uh, one of our uh, our reps from Asmodee Germany today. And they were like, we played one game and we didn't die very much. I don't know. I'm like, well did you miss a rule? Yeah, you did right over there. So I like, sat down and played and at the end of the game, like I died six times. i like, yeah, like, that's, well, that's, well, that's bloodborne.
2: And I was, some of the people are playing with had Never played the game. They said, I don't get the joke about dying so much. I said, well, in this game, it's very, very, it's a very, very hard. It's what it's known for. It's from the same people who do dark souls yeah. and you die a lot in that game and you have to play over and over before you can pass a level. So the joke is about dying a lot. Well, Eric has created a game where you die, but it's okay. You think, oh, if you die, that that stinks. No, it's just part of the Mm -hmm. game. It's part of the push-your-luck mechanic, which I like. You you will die. It's going to happen. It's just the doing the timing of, because of the course of the game, is you're trying to defeat monsters and collect blood. And there's a certain – I love this action mechanic where you have a deck of cards, and you pick one of those cards to play. Well, one of those cards is to actually bank your blood. And get the cards back in your hand. Run away
4: if yep. you survive.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. So the the goal is is to play that just at the right time so you can make your gl- blood because you want to be a part of the killing the monster because that's how you get the blood.
4: Right. Stay in as long as you possibly can as long as you can stomach. But of course the monsters roll dice to hit you. So you're you are doing a lot of you're doing a hedging, right? So if anybody who's familiar with uh, risk management mechanics, um, like Can't Stop, one of my favorite games mm-hmm. of all time. Mm-hmm. You're, if uh, you're if you're into that, then um, it feels It has a little bit Of that feel Or like DM Or stuff like that Like how long Can I stay in How long can I stay in And I actually Internally when in our group I called A death management game That's my Yeah that's Right Like you're You're gonna die X number of times You just gotta figure out Where, where you're gonna put Those deaths in um, To kind of to provide the least amount of pain for yourself.
2: Right. Because if you if you die and you haven't banked your blood, you use that blood that has, right. not, has not been banked, which
1: is the, the idea of the game. Right. Which is
4: exactly – that's bloodborne right. in a nutshell.
1: Right. And, I, and like you said, I don't know how close you are to being done, but the mere fact that I didn't have a lot of trophies, but I had a ton of blood banked, I was able to pull out the victory. Right. I like that. I didn't feel like, oh, there's no way I'm going to get – they were like, "Wait a minute! Where'd all that blood come from?" And it was just the fact that I was able to bank the blood when needed, and watch the dice, the color of the monster that was coming out, and realize that that dice, he, I can survive that. You're absolutely right, and I knew when I needed to get in, get out. It was. Full I love how crazy. you just slid in there, how you won the game. Well, that's I did it just very play. sly. Like, yeah, it was like... Okay, you know as well as I do, that doesn't happen very no, much. Especially,
2: especially this weekend. Oh. Yeah, you were talking about the trophies. That's one of the mechanics of the game. When you defeat a monster, there's award types of trophies on your track, and the more of a particular type of trophy that you get, the more points you get at the end of the game. Right. Added along with the blood that you've uh, collected over the course of the game. So there's a couple ways to score in-game
4: points. Right, and that's uh, the re- the trophies are there specifically so people can keep an eye on the long game as well, right? So there's a point where you're like, all right, there's there are five available trophies in each of the three types: otherworld beasts and humanoids. Um, and you uh, you'll actually start paying attention on, to some degree, where you're like, oh, you know what? That's a humanoid. I can stay out of this one. I'm collecting beasts this game, and because uh, the, the 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 scores go up in Fibonacci style, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love Fibonacci, the math geek. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, that that's the, the fulcrum of the game is balanced around trophies. Right. Yeah.
2: So, and um, it's one of those things you get, didn't get to see a lot of it on the table because I think there's still some discussion about the art and everything that that's on there. But the art was absolutely gorgeous.
4: Yeah, the Bloodborne art's really, really good. Um, the the uh, our Garf did a really he did a lot of good treatment to them. But I mean, they're they're still in approval right now, so we have to. Uh, uh, that's why we couldn't really show it in public. Right. Um, as soon as they get approved, that game is. We're done. Like, the game has been done for a while. I've been working on it since last Gen Con, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. And uh, it's... Uh, I'm very, very happy with it. Like, we've, we've... I think I told you this last time, right? I play a game until uh, until I start making changes to it, and it doesn't really do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just makes it different rather than better. And I hit that point. Of like, let's just... Let's ship this. i got to stop tinkering. It's good. Right. So how, when will that game be released? Do you know? <sighs> uh, here are the fingers crossed again. I don't know. Um, there's <laughs> the... the why would people? you cross your fingers for I don't know? I'm used to crossing my fingers. Yeah, I mean, I I'm I'm
2: don't understand. It's like, fingers crossed, I don't know. Fingers cause.
4: crossed that I don't know. <laughs> like, with luck, I will have no idea. Um, the, uh, so there's... The, the big the big X factor here is the licensing. Oh. So I don't... Um, I have no... Uh, I'm not part of that chain at right. all. So I couldn't tell you in any way whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So like the game is done. It's ready to go. It's produced. Uh, it, the... Um, We've got our, our assets all set to go. As soon as it's approved, boom, it's off.
2: after yep. the races. And it's one of these things that uh, we probably mentioned before already in the show is the fact that uh, this is another game that's not going to be going to Kickstarter.
1: Yep, uh, sure uh,
2: cool Mini is in this kind of phase. of like, we don't need to do every game on Kickstarter anymore. And this is one of those going to
4: be doing yep, coming absolutely. straight to retail. Yeah, most of actually the vast majority of their games are not going to Kickstarter this year. That's
2: right. And in fact, the other game of yours that we're going to be talking about is also coming straight to retail. I got to play a, play a prototype of it, The Godfather.
0: Oh, the Godfather, my favorite <clears throat> game
4: ever Yeah, so why don't you tell us a little about it? Uh, I I'm so stoked about that game. Um, the I actually I saw the Periscope that you did uh, yesterday with uh, uh, Brittany and yes. And, and uh, Rodney which is really cool like you guys explained the game better than I could I Just to me it's hard for me to describe it because Godfather um, Godfather's one of my favorite movies of all time I, uh, I I, have the attention span of like a dead mosquito but <laughs> I, I could sit down and watch all three hours of The Godfather without going for a bathroom break or anything like I just love that movie so much and when uh, a year and a half ago I think it was when we started working on it I was working on Blood Rage and the others at the same time I was totally crushed and they, um, the, the community was like, uh, "Well, we got the license for Godfather. Who do you think we should work on?" And I'm like, "Grab mine! <laughs> Nobody's working on this." Um, I, I even at first, it's funny. I remember I was like, "Oh, maybe I'll." Okay, I'm really crushed. I'll work with a co-designer on this. And I, was, I started working. I'm like, "Nope, nope, it's mine, <laughs> it's mine." I, I know exactly what I want to do with this game. And uh, it's. I mean, it's gone through a lot of iterations, but it was it was one of those games I worked on that I didn't know. Years ago, that I was going to do a Godfather game, but as soon as I heard Godfather, I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah!" It's just, just leave it to me, and the, it was fun right from the very beginning. I've just been tuning, 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 tuning. Right. Um, not all games are that smooth, but this was one of them, yep. and uh, we're. Uh, it's. I mean, you guys you guys describe it very well. I think I, I talked about this on Twitter. It's like it's worker placement with murder and intrigue. Yes. Um, I call it thug placement. Yes. Because, so uh, worker placement is a mechanic I really, really like, but um, it's just a mechanic, right? Uh, um, I don't like using it just for the sake of being clever. Mm-hmm. I like it um, thug, like thugs shaking down businesses for their stuff. Right. And once you shake it down, somebody else can't. That, that makes sense to me in my head, and I just... People who've never heard of worker placement, I just go. You put a thug there, you you shake down the business. They get it, right? Right. And that's just the beginning of the game. Right. Layered on top of that is turf war, the area control part of it. Right. Um. The suitcasing, the money laundering, the the, it's uh. There's some of my playtesters are like, you just you made an economic game that's kind of a merit trash. I'm like, yeah, that's that's what I do. <laughs>
2: well, and, and I think that was the the big um, reason for the success of Blood Rage last year. Which congratulations, you just Amazing. get an awards over and over for for that game. It's just an incredible game, and people love it. And one of the appeals that a lot of people, including myself, have is like, there's so much theme to this game, but it's not a dice-chucking game. It's not an Ameritrash game. It's very much a Euro- It's (laughs) Euro-trash. It's Euro-trash, but the theme is there. This is what everybody's going to get with The Godfather. Because now it's like- yeah, you say worker place, man. You start thinking, oh, I'm going to take this little meeple. I'm going to put it here and take that action. Well, you said it right. It's like it well, th-
4: face down in the river. <laughs> it, it,
2: exactly. Well, your worker has to be a thug going to a location to try to shake them down for resources or money that you'll need in the course of the game. You need resources for completing jobs for your don. And then you want to take that money and launder it, which is kind of the end game goal. And only one person could do it at one location at a time. Unless, like you said, somebody you know run does a job and like puts two people and that's actually in there. You put thugs into the river. You yep. physically take up take the models and put them face down. To, it has to be face down.
4: Face down. Face down into the river. Face down the river. They're sleeping with the fishes. Yeah,
2: and it's it's played over the course of four rounds. And during the course of the rounds, you'll get additional thugs that you can use uh, during the course of the game. So you get additional workers with the air quotes that I'm doing right here uh, that you can use. And again, it's it's. It's very easy and straightforward to do. There's a lot of decisions to be made. though, That's what I found because there's so many businesses on the board. It's like, well, I kind of need that resource here so I can finish that job over here so I can do this over here. It's kind of a lot of combo type thing.
4: Right, and also where you place your guys is going to matter for turf war after after that as well.
2: Yeah, I didn't even go over. The, yeah, so each each round has certain phases to go through. You place your um, thugs and then you have the area control mechanism where you go to each region who has the most thugs there or, or dons, which, which mm-hmm. counts towards that, and then you take control of that, which thematically, Is cool because the next round, if somebody a thug comes into that area and says, "Hey, you're coming to my area of control," you got to give me a little bit of that back. What you just shook down, and it's kind of it's kind of neat. So it's it's a bonus that you have for controlling that area, which also counts as victory points at the end.
4: That's right. Yep. Well, victory points being money, of course. My money. Yes. Um, the thing is, so one of the things I was looking for the turf war aspect of it, um, actually came about a third of the way through development of the game because I had all the other elements. I was like, wait a minute, this game needs turf war. Of course, it needs turf war, and then that's when it like mm-hmm. psh, gelled, came together, and the the conversation like I've all I, when I'm working on a game, I always want to think about the conversations that players mm-hmm. are having at the table, right? And I re- players are mafia bosses in this game. You're the heads of the other five families, and I want people to. There was a point in the game where I want at least somebody to go like, "All right, look, you take Brooklyn, all right? Brooklyn's all yours. I'm just I'm going to concentrate on Queens. Let's uh, let's talk about this, right? And that's you have that conversation because when, um, you know, like Marty's, Marty's had Queens way too long, right? Like we're going to, we're going to take that from him. Mm-hmm. And if he puts somebody in I need you to set off that car bomb and gun him down.
2: Right. Okay. <laughs> oh, I didn't mention also too, You're talking about the theme and everything about each, each round is like a chapter of the movie. Yes. That, uh, of The first movie.
4: Yeah. And that was, so the escalation, um, I mean, it's based on a movie, which movies, uh, uh um, automatically have a sort of escalation built into them. that's a structure of movies. So it's, um, so the the narrative was clear to me. So it's like it's gonna I'm gonna base it on the movie, and I took the four acts of the movie as I as I felt they were understood, and based on what happened, uh, like use Marlon Brando along the tracks right uh, along the tracks. It's going through Marlon Brando's journey uh, through The Godfather, and as um, as Marlon Brando undergoes a new challenge, like you know having to face off the Turk and uh, assimilate the, his consigliere into his. Uh, into his family that's when the players get their conciliary right and then when they when they finally have the discussion about uh, whether to sp- uh, whether to allow drugs or not then drugs enter the game right, right. But, uh,
1: or, or not or not right right you didn't get a chance to play the game you no, know, that's why I've been silent. I've just been enjoying the conversation. Because you, you got picked over. Uh, that's okay. I'm fine <laughs> with that. I have no problem with that. I'm glad you got to play it. It sounds very interesting. I do have one question though. Mm-hmm. How much interaction is it? I'm hearing you at worker <laughs> placement, and you know, you say not America trash, but well, but then you hear about Euro, and it's ah, oh, there's no interaction. You're going to sit there with your little board. But it sounds like you've got enough interaction in there in this worker placement to where I can go and, you know come after you or try to take over your land or your turf and that kind of stuff so you can't play solo like you absolutely cannot
4: okay um if you're if you're not paying if you're not paying attention to other players and you're not and there will even be points where the like there's no trading in the game but uh there can't be i mean you're mafia boss you don't give each other stuff but if if there isn't table talk about temporary alliances to make sure that um the turf is split the right ways uh you're not going to win Okay. So you absolutely, you have to be playing with other players. Right.
2: And there's actually a physical uh, briefcase that you're actually going to be uh, laundering money into. And it's from that briefcase at the end of the round where you place bids on additional uh, characters that are going to come into the game. Like you may have, uh, take control of the, the mayor, mm-hmm. uh, the union boss. Mm-hmm. And when you have those cards in your hand, uh, you can do uh, actions with them, which the card mechanic is really unique because at the end of each round, you have to discard down to a certain hand size and you find out over the course of the round, you're getting a lot of cards in your hand. And, the, and you're found out by the second round, the goal by the end of the round is to make sure not to have to discard any cards and use as many cards as you can. And, you know, in the mechanic of blood rage, when you're out of rage, your turn is done. Mm-hmm. With here, if you have, if you don't have any more workers or thugs to place, your turn is over. So before you place that last thug, you want to do as much as you can. And then because then once you do the turns over so that, that right. mechanic's really cool too
4: and once of course the, so the key to the, the managing your hand is that your money and your jobs and your resources and your characters are all part of your hand and like you said at the uh, so the uh, Corleone demands tribute at the end of every round so you're you're pared down to a small number of cards. Money in your hand is useless. It's You have to launder it in order to do any good for you. So you can, and of course, when you earn money, it's it flows into your hand. So you really get that. That's the sort of economic feel of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a, more money, more problems, right? Mm-hmm. The... the, the uh, you, you want to earn a lot of money, but you got to, yeah, You have to make sure that there are enough laundering areas on the board for you to be able to stick it in the suitcase as well.
2: Right, and you, and you mentioned that the, uh, one of the actions that you can take as a thug is to launder the money. So there's actually like an icon on the board of a briefcase. And when you go there, you can take one of the money and stick it in the briefcase. And, uh, and that's a very important action. And once those get gone, people are kind of frantic at the end of the round because, like, great, I've got all this money in my hand that I can't do anything with. I may have to discard at the end. Okay. And, and any horse heads?
4: The horsehead is the first player token.
1: Of course, Ta-da. Of course. Excellent. <laughs> excellent, excellent. I, th- I knew it had to be in there somewhere. Of so course, of course. All right. And so this game is
4: scheduled for end of the year, beginning of next year, or something like that. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Uh, I actually have no idea. Okay. Um, okay. We're th- so I'm still doing very light tweaks on the game, and one of the things I love about Cool Mini is like I'm the the, the game's done when it's done, so they're not con- they're not pushing me to uh, publish it. Anytime soon, like w- as soon as we're really, really happy with the game, we've been working on it for a very, very long time. But I made a couple little changes. We still want to run it through the gamut of you know the you know 40, 50 tests, mm-hmm. just to make sure everything's like super super clean. I mean, it's competing, uh, it's not competing, but it is uh, the bar with Blood Rage was set to a level right, and I can't make any games that don't meet that right that don't meet that bar. So especially since it's also a big box game, two to five players, goes sixty to ninety minutes. The games are nothing alike, in my opinion, but the, they're going to be compared, so it's got uh, to be that good.
2: Well, I think it's only going to be compared in the sense that, wow, there's this very thematic game that has more of a Euro feel. I really think that. Yeah, Mechanically, sure. it's not, I was having an argument yesterday with Rodney, it's like, Blood Rage is just a worker placement game too and I went, uh, he, I mean, he and I were getting into it because I think this is more so. He thinks it's worker placement is because there's a limited number of areas on the board and then when you go
1: there you can fight over the token. Well, you are not fight over what's a worker placement but then again, I put everything as a worker placement. Just a <laughs> That's true. You know, but you're absolutely right, you know. Um, I, I enjoy playing Blood Rage and all I like but this sounds even more my speed of the, the worker placement trying to manage the resources. Yeah. So, it, well, what else? I mean, you, you're here. I know you. You always have some something you work working. Yeah. What else? Do you going to become a cool mini. Uh, I can't say. He
4: can't say. I can't say. Okay. I have two projects right now in the hopper um, that I've. One I just started hmm. um, uh, with a co-designer. That's uh, super exciting, but it won't be out till 2018. Like it's going gotcha. to be a long journey, and I, it's going to be ridiculous. We'll have this conversation again next year when we make it uh, public. Um, I have. I mean. Oh, they, you know what? They announced... I can say what they announced here. Um, they announced that the, um, the the team of myself, Adrian Smith, uh, Studio McVeigh, mm-hmm. uh, the same team that put Blood Rage together, yes. um, we've been working on another game um, for a very long time, and we're not ready to announce what that is, but oh. the team... The band is back. The, the band is um, back together. Well, The th- reunion tour. I work. mean, so a quarter of the way through Blood Rage, I was like, oh my God, I want to work with these guys again. Like, mm-hmm. there's, there's, no, there's no way. Like, we're, Blood Rage is a great debut LP, right? We got to mm-hmm. do, we got to do our difficult second album. Was Let's say, do no, that's it. Right. More, no sophomore slump here though, right? No. Better not be. Uh, but that, I mean, that's, we're not ready. I thought I would have been ready here, but it's, it's not there yet. It's, it's close, but it's not there yet. Yeah. But the thing is though, is
2: this, you have a, lot, a good relationship with Cool Mini where you're going to continue bringing them fantastic products over the next several years. So, I mean, it's between the, uh, last year with the Blood Rage and then you got the Godfather coming out of that, and you're you already working on other stuff with them.
1: So, there's a very, couple it's more guys exciting. coming up. Yeah, that's
2: uh, going to uh, be crazy. That's very exciting. So, we're at the uh, go ahead. And what about outside?
1: Do you have anything outside? When, you know, you always got the Dice Masters and that stuff Dice Masters Cranking Along uh, Mike and I
4: finished just a little while ago set I don't know I don't remember like 19 <laughs> I think it is. Like is we're a year ahead at this point yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, we saw Civil War uh, yes, yes. And, and I, it just one of the things that I mean I love Captain America I love that storyline so much mm-hmm. but the thing that really hit me was that uh, it reminded me of working on the Civil War set, which is about to come out right. uh, last year? Because um, Marvel tells us what sets to work on; right? mm-hmm. they, they set us our marching orders, and we um, mm. because they know, right? They have their calendar set right. way out. But you know, we're we like, "Are you going to do Civil War?" I'm like, "Oh my God, it's going to be a Civil War movie?" That like, yeah, but you can't see it. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're not showing you the script. You're going to base on the comic, right? I'm like, "Okay, sure," because Dice Masters is based on the comic, it's not right. based on the movie, right? For you know, obvious reasons, so hopefully obvious, but. So uh, we base it on the comic, and the uh, when I saw the movie, I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah!" (laughs) (laughs) The two core mechanics that we put in there—it's exact because based on the comic, played out here perfectly. That's right. So the yeah, the I mean the two. uh, Hey, spoiler alert! um, uh, Resistance and enlistment are the two new mechanics in um, uh, in the uh, in that set, and they play Mm -hmm. off each other really well with a nice little orbiting set of sub mechanics that uh, make it work. Um, they also play really well with the DC set that's coming out after that uh, in parallel but um, which ironically is Batman versus Superman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder how that works oh, out, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Man. yeah. Um, so there's a really cool little sort of bifurcated twist we threw uh, in, in that era of Dice Master is going to be kind of neat.
2: Yeah. So, but you got tons of projects in the hopper. You're constantly working on stuff. It's uh, crazy. True. Um,
4: we got so this uh, we announced Munchkin Trading Card Game right uh, as gonna, That's going to be out. Uh, it probably won't be out till next year. Um, mm-hmm. we're, again, we're taking our time. It's done when it's done. Um, i super excited that's a co-design with Kevin Wilson right um, their Arcane Academy which I don't know if you got to play I, I'd love to play with you guys after this uh, it's a game that Kevin Wilson and I actually worked on four years ago uh, four yeah four years ago and the, with a small studio based on a comic that we really liked and um, we they had some issues logistical issues in the game we, we kind of gave up that the game was actually going to come out but we're so proud of it right we, it was this cool little OCD wizard school um, uh, final exams game that, um, uh, that's based on combo building mm-hmm. and uh, and like this sort of engine building combo building I really liked. And we almost, you know, we kind of forgot about it in sadness. And then all of a sudden IDW is like, you know what? We're picking this up and we're going to publish it exactly as you made it. And I'm like, wow. But, so it's coming out of Gen Con. And, oh, wow. Uh, wow. It's called Arcane Academy. I'm super proud of it. It was like, the my, it was my surprise of the year. Um, so we uh, I mean, it's not a cool menu, so I'm not gonna show it off. Yeah, too much sure here, sure, but yeah. um, I mean, they're cool with that i'll I'll, I'll show you guys um, somewhere off the floor. That's, I really like that game it's a 45 minute game, two to four players really uh, it, it's a light encapsulation of um, of the type of game you'd expect for me but uh, but it's it's 13 up. Wow, wow, awesome
2: awesome so uh, I'll I guess you're going to be at uh, all the big conventions coming up
4: you're going to be at Origins Dice Uh, Tower Con I'll be at Dice Tower Con and the only ones actually I'm doing a lot more European cons because I'm doing a lot more uh, European games so I actually won't be at Origins I think Dice Tower and Dice Tower Gen Con and BGG I think are the only shows I'm doing here this year okay Um, I'm going to I'm doing a few more European shows okay um, uh, because I have a uh, the co designs I've been working on for the last several years are now starting to fall, uh, come mm-hmm. into play. So they're, uh there's four of them coming out in like the next uh, sixteen months. Wow, great! It's uh, I've been working on it forever. It's not like that. The, the, it's yeah. they've been it's years in the making. Right, but, uh, they're coming out.
2: Fantastic. So, well, um, as always, people love to come here to this show and spend time with you. It's one of the highlights of everybody to sit down with the guy who designs the games that they love to play. And Eric is so good about just, hey, I'm just going to sit here. Here's my game. You want to sit down and play? I'll teach you how to play it, and then I'll sit back and watch you play it. And uh, he's, he does that with everybody, and that's one of the
4: great things about this show because you can't do that in Gen Con. No, absolutely not. I actually like this show. I mean, sorry, Peter, but I like the show better than Gen Con because of that. I like the intimacy of like actually getting to spend time with fans and hear about – like we make lifestyle games. We make mm-hmm. games that people enjoy. They enjoy the metagame as much. They enjoy the game. They enjoy painting it. They um and these games produce really cool stories, right? And I want to hear the cool stories that they have because we get uh, every year I hear at least one really cool surprise, when right? mm-hmm. We work on. You can't do that at Gen Con, exactly like mm-hmm. you
2: said. No, you can't. So, again, if you guys want to spend some personal time with Eric Lang, you need to come to CMON Expo in 2017. who I almost forgot the year, which we found out is going to be May 12th through 14th of next year, which is Mother's Day again. <sighs>
4: <laughs> I gotta call my mom.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know that was kind of the same. But Eric, thank you so much for coming on. You got some great, exciting projects coming up that we're all excited about. And um, Blood Rage was a huge hit. I, the games you got coming out now with uh, Godfather and oh, it's just insane. You just you just won't stop.
4: I don't know I when can't. you sleep. I, I try to. Yeah. yeah sometimes on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday is sleep day. Tuesday is sleep day. No games
2: on Tuesday. That's right. (laughs) Once again, thanks so much. And everybody, uh, if you want to find him, he's on Twitter at uh, Eric underscore Lang, right? That sounds right. Yeah, that's, that's about right. And what's so interesting, if you do follow Eric, is he's constantly tweeting... Oh, by the way, I'm working on project blah 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 today. And today I'm working on project blah blah blah. Because he has all these project names for the secret stuff that he can't talk about. But it's interesting hearing all the stuff you got in the hopper. Just you're
4: constantly juggling balls in the air all the time. It's so cool to see that. Yeah, I love I actually love coming up with project names because the the uh it's it's a creative process all on its own, right? Like I don't want to be Complete. I want to be on the right track in the right ballpark, but also a little bit deceitful, right? Because I can't tell you exactly what I'm working on. Right. But there's always a clue in every project name to what it's going to be like.
2: Oh, so now we have going to start writing down the project's name, then ask later on what was the project name of this yeah. one. I go,
4: oh, I see the tie-in right there. Sometimes it's a little inside baseball, though. You'd have to know pretty much my career track to know them. Oh, okay. All right. So, what was Blood project name? Uh, so that one was a mistake. That was Project Veneer, and people guessed it was a Viking game instantly. <laughs>
0: so,
4: <laughs> not, I'm not doing that again. Uh, uh, Godfather was Project Suitcase.
5: Oh, okay. Oh, there
2: you go. There you go. That, there that's that's a go. little more subtle, right? I like that. Yeah, okay. Awesome. That's cool. Well, once again, thanks for coming on, and we'll be seeing you at some future cons. Absolutely, Dice Tower. Uh, no. Oh, you got to
4: do it, dude.
2: You got to do it. I know. Tom keeps telling me that too. He keeps telling us, "When y'all going to come to Dice Tower?"
4: just an odd time for us, right between Origins, because we are going to Origins. Sure. So it's right between Origins and Gen so Con. Let so let me sell you on Dice Tower, right. right here on your show. Go ahead. You can play games during the day, and then you can go to the pool at night, because it's in Orlando, Florida. It's mm-hmm. at a resort. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I'm going to, you know what? I'm not going to play this particular round of Warriors. I'm going to go swim for a little bit. Ah, have a little drinking something out of a coconut in the pool, mm-hmm. and then go play a board game. I mean, how do you beat
1: that? I don't think you can. That's, no, that's, no. That's, that's actually sounds pretty nice. No, versus being stuck in the basement of a hotel. What's at BGGCon? That's
4: yeah. <laughs> true. I love that show, though. That's, yes. um, but you know, if I'd love it even more if it was at a resort. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Wouldn't we all? <laughs> but anyway. Maybe they're listening to
2: us, and maybe they will Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Marty.
1: Let me just say this: you got to play Godfather. I missed out. I was constantly being passed over <laughs> passed over <laughs> okay this is kind
2: of funny so a lot of us were standing around the table one morning to play godfather with eric and they're just kind of strolled up and then just starting you you just pointing the finger at people who was wanting to play and those who didn't get pecked were like all oh, dejected oh just
1: kind of <laughs> walked away <laughs> we had to walk away which i was fine with because i ended up playing defenders of the last stand so I was okay with that, but yeah, but that's fine. But let me tell you, Marty, Bloodborne. I really liked that game. I know you enjoyed Godfather, but I really enjoyed Bloodborne. Oh, I enjoyed Bloodborne too. And here's the thing,
2: uh, that game, they're two totally different things, right? Godfather is a, okay, we're going to sit here for an hour and a half or so and play this kind of Euro board game. Bloodborne's a fast, what, what do you think,
1: maybe 30, 45 minute game at the most? At the most. And it was easy to, I mean, understand quick, do this, do this, do this, bam, you're done. Push your luck, push your luck, push your luck, die. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, everybody needs to keep their eye eye out for that. They would not let us take
2: pictures and share them uh, because they said that Sony had not uh, given them permission to release or show card art yet. But let me tell you... It is really good and really freaky if you've ever played the video game.
1: So before everybody goes, okay, so you, you see all the cool mini or not games, you're there for a couple of days, you, you get bored. Well, there were other companies there, guys, as well. So it just wasn't all cool mini or not. There was a company there called Battle Bin, And this is a subscription service. It's run by Aaron Welch. He's the president of that. And we talked to him, you know, for a little while, while the, near the end of the show. And he was telling us about how, you know, you can subscribe to his service and he has all these games that he'll put into a box that he will send to you. So definitely go check that out. He was there and, you know, people were looking at that. He had dice trays from the broken token he was shipping out. He had some mats. He had some individual games from cool mini or not that he puts in them. And some of the battle bins are structured a certain way. So you can really check that out and maybe want to go look it up. That was battle bins. Well, it's just like a loot crate. Yeah, it's a loot crate. You're absolutely right. It's the same
2: thing except for board gamers. And they had, like you said, they had different themes, right? So here was a a battle bin for maybe a a war game theme and another one for a comic theme or superhero theme. So imagine loot crate except for board gamers.
1: And see, the problem with that for me, Marty, is I can't imagine loot crate because I have never heard of it. Really? Really? I have never heard of Loot Crate. When he was talking about so Loot like Crate, I'm like, well, I don't even know what that is. Well, uh, most people have heard of Loot Crate. Okay, I live in a cave. I live in a cave. I'm sorry. Well, you are, but Loot it, 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 Crate's more of a geeky pop
2: culture type thing where each time you may get a little Funko uh, thing or like some stickers or some, uh, again, that's very pop culture or some video
1: game little swag it's the same concept, except we're talking for board gamers here. So obviously, that's why I've never heard of it. Pop culture, because we know I'm not there. Okay. Action Phase Games was also there, and we got to talk to Travis. Now, Travis taught me Kodama. Yeah, I said that right. And I kicked that game's butt. It was awesome. Awesome. <laughs> my tree was the best growing awesomest tree there at the show so anyway he was able to sit down with us and he told us about some of the things that are going on with action phase games so Marty and I are winding down here at cool mini or not expo and we are sitting here with Travis Travis. Travis, yes. It, it's been a long week, man. and, and The names are all running good. T- tell us. I'm in the South, so th- that name's a little more prevalent than I think. It is, or it could course. be Bubba. Yeah.
5: Don't you have a son named Travis?
1: I do. Yeah, there you go. So I there do. you go. But Travis had the opportunity to teach me Kodama. Travis from where? Action Phase Games? Action Phase Games. That's right. Don't yeah. do this to me. It's, it's early in the morning. I'm still diving. <laughs> Still con- contemplating everything that has happened, but anyway, Travis Tommy Kodama, which is an incredibly hot game right now. You were telling me that there's hardly anything left of it in the warehouse. It's it's sold through more than half on the
5: first initial order, and it was our largest print run. So when I say it sold through more than half, that's you know, that's saying something.
1: Yeah, I mean it was a neat little game. It was very low-key, mellow, and because of his excellent tutelage, I scored an incredible amount of points. I, I, I decimated Marty, and that's unusual for me, and you know that. But for somebody who maybe hasn't played the game, what is they even, what's it about? What's it about? Well, it's tree spirits, man, and, and you're matching cute little symbols, and, and, it, and it makes you feel good, like there's flowers and mushrooms and little worms, and you're trying to grow a tree, and, and as you grow those trees, you can Place a limb, and if the limb connects to, like a worm, and there he's got a little buddy worm, then you can count him up or stars or clouds. It is, it is, it is. It's a very relaxing game, you know. And this was a Daniel Solis game. How did y'all? Did Daniel come to y'all or? Well,
5: no, he had a. He has a game called Kigi, and we looked at that and another game of his, and we we knew there was something to Kigi, but we thought it needed a little development. So we spent. About two months, three months working on it. And then as we worked on it with Daniel, the game slowly became Kodama, a different game. So he he actually suggested the theme, and uh, we were all big Pr- Princess Mononoke fans. And that, those are those little guys in Princess Mononoke. So, yeah, um, he's great. We're working with him on another game right now, too.
1: Yeah, Ooh, Can you... Yeah, it's it?
5: called Trickster. It's another game of his that he already... Yeah. He puts out games through that uh, drive through cards or right. whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, print and play sort of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, what we've been doing is kind of going through his catalog and looking at things that we can expand and make into kind of larger releases because he's got that limited format and drive through cards. It's like 56 cards with really no packaging or you know, whatever. Is so. that going to be a Kickstarter game? Um, it, it will be. It's. It, we were gonna. We thought we we're gonna do it this year, but it looks like we're gonna do it early next year instead. Okay. We did three Kickstarters back to back at the end of the year, and I think we're kind of taking a break. Gotcha. And you just finished a uh, Kickstarter. Tell us about that one. Yeah, we just finished a Kickstarter called Aeon's End, which is a co-op fantasy deck builder. I know that sounds like eye rolling, no type thing. Fantasy deck builder. Like yeah. some of but them. it's you know it got very high praise from the reviewers and um, it's the most work we put into any game we we did a lot of uh, blind testing all with people all over the world different countries we were not organized it um, you're talking about people that uh, can't see <laughs> no or? no people oh okay yeah. well I thought you know maybe it was uh, a yeah. no touchy feely game yeah <laughs> all the testers were people who were born with no eyes uh, <laughs> which made the testing very it took a long time no uh, so. Yeah, it did very well. It was our highest grossing Kickstarter. It ended up about all, just shy of 190 All of our Kickstarters end where we can't say a nice round number. It's always like some weird yeah one. You know, Kadama was ninety nine eight seventy three, and this one was one eighty nine two seventy one or something like that. So we are no, we just always round up because it makes it easier. But yeah, it did it did really well, and we we were really hoping for big things for it. And when's it supposed to ship? Well, we got to make it first. So we're thinking BGG Con will be the official release. Okay. So and Aeon's End was here, right? Yeah, we brought it. We demoed mm-hmm. it for a bunch of people. There's actually a, a lot of backers here that uh, that were they're actually at the Cool Mini Expo that wanted to see it. So um, yeah, and we haven't had
1: a person who play it yet who didn't love it. So and, and what? So I was sitting at the table. I didn't. I got there. They had just started. I didn't want to make them to have to go back mm-hmm. through it. But what was neat about it, Marty was. Um, Yes, it's a deck builder. Okay, great. Everybody, oh, another. But what was neat was in this deck builder, instead of shuffling your discard pile, you actually just laid it. You, you put them down, and you, as you were, you had to organize your cards in your discard pile, and then you flipped them back on top when, when you're, it was done. There was no more shuffling. In oh, okay. So
2: you could set the order set of your the,
1: draw deck. You're right. So as you bought the cards, you needed to consider how you wanted that to play out and you had to keep track of well, what's already there. You could actually build your combos off of that. Or mm. uh, um, from the standpoint of, okay, I, maybe I got some trash, but I'll, I'll put them at the top, and I know they'll come up later. So that's one of the things that you needed to keep in mind. But one of the neatest things, Travis, was I like how they did the player order, where, where it was, and correct me if I'm wrong, where that was a shuffling. You know, it wasn't So the, the So was nemes- there's a nemesis. Mm-hmm. So
5: there's always four player cards, and it, it changes from player count. So in a two-player game, each player has two cards in the turn order deck. In a three-player game, each player has one, and then there's a wild. And in a four-player game, each player has one, but there's two nemesis decks, and the nemesis is the bad guy you're fighting. So similar, I'd say, kind of to the concept of uh, Sentinels of the Multiverse, you fight against a different boss, but in this one, we have a thing called the unleash mechanic, and every time a card with unleash comes out, depending on which uh, nemesis it is, it does something completely different. He's eaten cards, It's spawning. And a bunch of guys that are overrunning. And you, you have to protect not only yourselves, but you have to protect the city too that has mm-hmm. hit points. If all the players' lives lives are reduced to zero, they, they die. If all, the, if all the uh the uh sorry, punching the table. If all the if the city's life is reduced to zero, they die. And some of the some yeah. of the um nemesis nemeses, if you will, actually have lose clauses on top of that if they get enough guys in play or if if they eat all the cards in the market. So it's got a number of, of pretty interesting things you know going for it that's cool now it's it's interesting here that you're with action phase games but we're at the cool mini or not expo and a lot of people think what is another game company to here doing at the expo well we get invited we've been invited two years in a row cool mini's very good friends of ours i mean they're people that we look forward to seeing during con season and we see them quite a bit and uh, yeah, they're very hospitable and generous, and want to make sure that we get some support. And they send people over to our table and endorse our games. And uh, yeah, I mean, this isn't an this is an exclusive sort of event, but it's not entirely exclusive. Uh, they want to keep it small and intimate. Which actually be- benefits a company like us, especially a small company. Yeah. Yeah, they're very, very thoughtful to, to
2: include us. So, a lot of people, I think, believe that if they come here, they're only going to play cool mini or not games, but they have people like yourself that are showing off the games that you're publishing. They have a huge game library over there that has a lot of other games besides cool mini uh, games. So, while the focus might be on a lot of the games they're coming out with, it's a very friendly event to other publishers and mm-hmm. people with other games.
5: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's about an eight hour drive for us, but it's it's worth it so just to get to come down and and see a lot of and this the thing that's neat about this convention is I'd say the density of important people to attendees is pretty high so you know, you get to see, sit down, play a game with Tom Vassell, or mm-hmm. talk to, shake hands with Rodney Smith, or put Marty in a headlock. That kind yeah, of that's running. that's what That's, that's an
2: important yeah. thing to or do.
5: Or get bunny ears from Eric um, Lang. Yeah, right. or get the cold from him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I heard that was
2: being passed around. He was blaming yeah. somebody at the movie theater the other night. Yeah, no, he's I was around. like,
5: it's definitely not the international flight or the fact that you've been to like nine countries in the last two months. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the the movie theater
1: was where you got it. So. Well, you said you're taking a break. Kickstarter, right? But is there anything that that people need to know that's getting ready to happen for y'all that they need to be paying attention for? Finish the Kickstarter.
5: Well, there's some big news we're going to have. I'm not going to say it here, but just keep an eye out. But yeah, Action Phase is going to kind of be going to the going to another level. And, uh, cool. Excellent. Yeah. Well, you want to see what the next... When will we find out about this next level? Hopefully by the end of the month. Oh, cool. Very um, cool. If not, then... I would say June at the latest. Fantastic, but by, oh. by Origins for sure.
2: And what's your speaking of which? What's your con plans for the summer? Origins oh Gen Con. Oh my god!
5: Um, this month we have Geekway to the West in St. Louis. We have um, we're going to the ACD Open House. That's a trade show, though. We're doing Dice Tower Con yep. Origins gen con because that's in our backyard
1: bgg con and a bunch of trade shows yeah. and i think
5: that's pretty much
1: it is that I mean, really is that all come on man step up your game if you want to go to the next level you got to step it up a <laughs> little bit I think we did
5: 12 last year and i think we're doing 14 this year total wow. with already yeah the only month in the year that there's no convention is december right there's something going on every other month yeah wow well, I know that you are. I had to pull you
2: away from packing up your booth because you're going to be getting on the road soon.
5: Yeah, we're going to we're going to pack up a little early and kind of you know uh, get back on the road. It's Mother's Day, and I'm, my daughter has learned how to escape her crib, so now she's sleeping in a bed, and I want to get home and make sure she's all right.
2: Yeah, I totally understand that. So we'll let you get back to that. You've been to see Mom the past couple of years. We've seen you again next year. Yeah. fantastic. And uh, keep an eye out for. Uh, some big news hopefully by the end of the month or at the beginning of the month from Travis uh, from Action Phase Games on the next level that they're going to. And if you are not following him, make sure to follow him on
5: Twitter at... Yeah, Action Phase Games or Facebook also, Action Phase Games. And your website? Is actionphasegames.com. Fantastic. And uh, go shake hands uh, with Travis
2: sometime at the convention because it sounds like he's going to be everywhere. The Broken Token now has the Deepwater Game Crate, which is a premium box for the Lords of Waterdeep and its expansion, and includes a nice custom engraved outer shell, plus the inserts for holding all of the components. In addition, they're in the process of designing a brand new custom box for Splendor, holding all of its contents with the box smaller than the original box. If you want to find out more about these inserts, plus all the other great inserts they have, visit their website at TheBrokenToken.com. So Cool media Night Expo had a lot of special guests there. There were designers, which we'd already mentioned, like Avery and Lonius and Lang. There were a lot of media people there, too, like Mark Street and Roy from Epic Game Night. And the whole Dice Tower, well, not the whole Dice Tower crew, but Tom and Sam and Z were there. Uh, Jamie and Chris from The Secret Cabal were there also. And Tony, a myth
1: was finally debunked. Yes, it was. So let's go to the tape. And prove that the myth is not true. So, Marty, we are at, as you know, Seamon, but I am. Well, I know because we've been doing a whole episode on I know, on but We are still you could keep here. announcing it. Okay. It's easy to forget. It's good you clarify. But that right there proves one thing that I wanted to dispel all the myths that if I, Tony, And Rodney Smith exists in the same area. The universe will not collapse. We are here. It's it's happened. It happened. (laughs) I didn't even realize it happened. It has. And it has. (laughs) And and the universe did not collapse on itself. People did not die. Cats and dogs did not get friendly. No. They still hate each other. They still hate each other. So not only that, but Rodney also brought... With him, his sidekick, like you brought yours, Pap. I hit that term. Oh, yeah, clip. it's the
0: meeting of the sidekick. That's right. Did y'all I ever watch the Tick? And they had the
2: sidekicks have their own little building off to the side. <laughs> I love the shed. Tick. The Tick. Yeah, that spoon. was like, <laughs> spoon. Now, for people may be scratching their head, wondering what you're talking about. The joke That's is, the case. is Rodney <laughs> yeah. has never been on the show when Tony's been on the show.
0: Right. Every time you're gone, somehow I show up, but you're not there. And, and finally,
2: see so the idea is, is it possible that they're the same? people because they're never in the same place together that's a so we're just no, that's that a mad bad here. theory
1: I mean, i'll be honest with you but you, you said something just earlier so you've got two minutes give us one flying squirrel from Simon. uh one flying squirrel from Simon. i didn't
0: see any flying squirrels okay uh, oh you want a topic yeah, so topic. this is the problem
1: we get together it's confusing for instance was there anything that occurred that you just like that, Bam! That just occurred. Or was there something? (laughs) that? Yeah, this this
2: interview
0: right here. (laughs) Bingo. It just, bam, occurred. and I have no clue what's going on. I ate some octopus tentacle. Oh, that's right. I never would have expected that. Yeah. That was weird, because it was brought to the table, charred octopus. Yeah. Every time we come a little further south in the States, I end up eating something I haven't eaten before. First was grits. That passed the test. That, yeah. was, that was good. And then this charred octopus thing, though, I wasn't sure about. Yeah, and peach cobbler. What's that? <laughs> peach cobbler. That was pretty normal. But it was a tentacle. It, was a te- a te- it looked amazing. like a tentacle. Yes, like, they it didn't did. serve it up in pieces. It, it was, was just... Was it slimy? No, it was charred. So yeah, it, was, it was very it was... charred. And we had, uh, we had uh, okra. Pickled okra, though. Yep. And, and fried okra And fried okra. And we had Pickled watermelon And squishy Squishy peanuts Squishy peanuts Boiled, right? boiled, and, boiled and beer nuts. soup And beer soup
1: And, and beer cheese soup yeah. Beer cheese soup Yeah. So
0: that was that's, I don't know That's as, as squirrely As I can get This early in the morning Okay <laughs> well, we, well aside from the squirrels How have you enjoyed the show? Oh the show is always good I love it. Seamon Ex- Expo Because I get to play A bunch of games It's a convention Where it's small enough That you are seeing The same people You can have Meaningful interaction And you can play A bunch of games together and it's had so many new games here. Yeah, right. It's been all new games pretty much I've played so far.
2: So of all the new games you play, I say, what's the what's the new game that comes to mind first? Which one? Massimo.
0: Massimo. Right? really like it, I oh, think for yeah. both of us, that one just jumped off the table. We had a great time playing. Uh, it was easier to learn, quick to play. It was stabby, but in a fun way. Um, and really? Was it fun? Oh yeah, it was great fun. How did yeah. you do, Marty? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody you know, we're laughing
2: because, again, y'all are inside jokes, so there was a little bit of backstabbiness to where I actually thought I was finally gonna stick it to Rodney. And no. and Mark Street, who's actually sitting off to my left over here, ruined my backstabbiness by canceling what I
0: was going to do and just took it away but from me. But at least at least in the end you had more points than I did. No. Oh, that's right. You didn't. <laughs> <laughs> wow! No, I walked right
2: into that one. Open door, walk in. But I think uh, Pep walked away. Pep walked away. With, walked away with a lot of game victories this week. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know my pain now. Yeah. Uh. Mass Mora, and he just t- we played a full Game of Thrones board uh, la- yeah. game last night Six with Claire. us four plus uh, Jamie and Chris and the Secret Cabal. And this man methodically just walked through Westeros, decimating people. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's the Lannisters. It's the Lannisters.
2: Yeah.
0: It's a a good thing he's not actually in the show because it would be kind of boring, right? Because he just took apart everything. That's true. Right? Yeah. (laughs) There'd be no intrigue. Yeah, it would be like a a season long. (laughs) Yeah, that's right, and it's over. And And he sits on the
1: throne, and no one'll ever take it from him. (laughs) (laughs) Now I had an an unusual alliance with Rodney down there, and I'm like, how are we going to win the game? Keep being friendly with one another, and it got a little tense there. It did get tense, really. You you were
0: quick to a little punch in there and, and attack me. I was, I was surprised.
1: Su- I, I was just testing the waters, but by gosh, you pushed me back to my borders and <laughs> right.
0: literally, literally yeah. you yeah. tested the waters and he came in your waters yes. and pushed you back.
1: <laughs> and, and then those silly Greyjoys came down and just wiped us off the face of the earth. But that's okay. That's all right. We, we, we won't it. Well that. With was that. your first that- game? How did you find learning it? Was it
0: uh, did it come along pretty quickly once we got going?
1: Yes, it came along real quickly. A lot of things were happening in there. Um, I felt like I was kind of handcuffed to the um, fact that I couldn't muster any armies. I I wasn't, and we'll talk about this later on the show. But you know, I was like, I, I can't produce any guys because the mustering just didn't happen it wasn't happening yet. quickly, yeah yeah. yeah. it's just like what's going on here why is this not going on why why do I have to sit here and just you know enjoy <laughs> just squander
2: <laughs> well, this guy yeah. mustered just as much as you did he but, still it, liked but the it's all because of because
1: yeah. this is not video and you can't see me pointing uh, over here yeah. but but those people that had the little stars on the track there on the crow track shoot. oh yeah you start off with no stars no
0: stars yeah. that, I, for, yeah, that does I,
2: I've only played the game twice and I knew I need to have some stars (laughs) early on. Yeah,
0: early on in the game, I agree it's important. But once you get to the end, if you're already in a strong lead, the stars aren't as necessary. And that's
2: interesting because you totally, on our last round, you bid that way. You're like, I'm going to be first in the order, I'm going to be first in ties, and I don't care about the stars. No.
1: Yeah, I didn't need them. Yeah, but I found out, okay, so I need to move up there. I see the problem here. I'm gathering up enough money to be able to bid. When are we going to bid again? When are we going to bid again? When are we going to muster again? It was like nothing was going on. I was like, this sucks.
0: That is a really hard part to, to get into that game, the fact that you never know when the main part of the game is going to happen. And you can go three or four rounds without, like you said, mustering, or without getting money, or without like getting to bid on the throne. Yeah, yeah, it can, it can be detrimental if you're planning on it. But that's the other thing about this expo is I would not normally sit down to play Game of Thrones because it's a longer game and I would think, okay, this is going to take me away from too many other things. But here I've been able to play lots of light little games and also throw in a big heavy game like that. And I mean, that was fantastic to be able to do it. And And we went through that in... Three and a half, four hours anyway. Yeah, so. it was perfect because they said at midnight when they normally shut things down, mm-hmm. they said, "Okay, you can stay till you finish your games." Oh, good. <laughs> this game will take a while. And <laughs> that's right. And we, we finished
2: around play. midnight, and then uh, uh, Rodney said, "All right, we're going to the bar. I'm going to teach you how to play strike. strike." And we finally got to play. <laughs> Sorry, strike. A little palate
0: cleanser. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that, that was strike. so much
1: fun. <laughs> I'm so. Oh, I cannot wait to go home and make my own Strike. Yeah, you've talking about that. Going
0: you're going to make your own little arena there so you can force Marty to play with you. Yeah, wait. Gonna be fun. You're happy that he's going to make his own arena you normally won't let people do that oh because they just want to grab a bowl off the out uh, of a cereal bowl and play in it but Tony's going to yeah. gonna do something prompt. I'm going to oh, make an octagon gonna, yeah. oh yeah. okay MFC that's style cool. <laughs> he's going to put some love into uh, it so maybe I'm a Beyblade arena would be good <laughs> ooh,
3: ooh yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: look at that idea coming off the top this early in the morning liking that Man. I guess someone's got yeah, to buy them for something that's what three hours sleep does dude. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. that's right <laughs> I'm still here I hear you well, guys, thank you so much for joining us here this morning and to dispel any rumors that you and I cannot exist in the same area. Well, this
0: is great because now we can do a podcast together without Marty, and we know everything will be fine. You right? let me know when. Okay, good. And then he'll
1: still edit it, though. Okay, you
0: know? that's probably the best. <laughs> <laughs> Just I, edit it all out. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Okay, that was
1: good to leave. What episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. We know we've made it sound like it was nothing but games, 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 and and people would get bored with that. Well, no, you'll never get too bored with that. But we did get to do other things other than just game. We were honored to go see Captain America Civil War. Now, I'm going to hold my opinion about Civil War to myself. I hope Marty does the same, but we we were there. We got to see the IMAX 3D version. It was so neat to go with a big group and see that movie, Marty. So what do you think? There was about 20 to 30 people that went to this thing? You no, know, there had to be more than that. Oh, there was a ton of people, and there were five people in my car, which was a fun ride <laughs> over to uh, to the theater. There's a picture of that somewhere. Yeah, Mark Street posted a picture of that with the uh, with Jamie and Chris and Mark in the back of my car, and you and I in the front. We sh- we should have slid the seats back. Even well, I'm tall, so my seat was already back. Poor Mark, I felt sorry for his knees.
2: The only bad thing was our reserve seats were like five rows back from the IMAX screen, wearing 3D glasses, so. I got kind of headache about halfway through trying to keep up. With everything's going on because with your field of vision, you're only going to see one part of the screen. So you're constantly looking to your left and your right and see what's going on.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, Scarlett Johansson in my face. I was okay with that, but <laughs> but then then you know, um, Robert Downey Jr. in my face. Oh my god, I can't I can't take all that. Robert Downey, you know, so, but still, it was a great experience to go to the theater and see that in 3D and be one of the first with our commemorative ticket. That was awesome. And my layered buttered popcorn, which I made last for three days. Yes, because you got it refilled as we were leaving and everybody was just floored by the fact. Well, yeah, it's a large. If you buy a large, you get a you get a refi- free right. refill. Right. I pay for a large. I'm getting a refill. By gosh, if I pay $6 for a large soda at that place, you better believe I'm getting a refill of that too. Now, we won't talk about old man disease in the night and having to get up and constantly pee, but that's besides the point. <laughs> and let me tell you, I'm not kidding. I made that popcorn last on the last day. I still had some left
2: and brought it down to Jamie and Chris for them to eat what we had to leave, so I made it last from Thursday night to Sunday, and it
1: tasted just as fresh.
2: Oh, because it was layered, layered butter. But yeah, that was so much fun to be able to go and and check that out. And I'm still somewhat regretting I should have made that my first pick. But anyway, in the movie um, segment, and Tony, it, it finally happened. We got to play the phenomenon that everybody's been talking about:
1: Strike, one of Drive Through Reviews' favorite games of all time. <laughs> <laughs> There is heavy sarcasm in there. Joel does not like that game.
2: He went and bought it. It's like, yeah, that's it. I'm done putting it putting it away. This is one that Rodney got into or found when he went to the Ashes weekend. So Rodney went and bought it
1: and then Rodney brought it and had to teach it to us. Imagine dice and a bowl and that's your game. I'm sorry. If Joel doesn't like it. All he's got to do is call me or text me or whatever, and I will buy it off of him. I loved it. I <laughs> thought it was that's that was up there with Unusual Suspects for me. And ju- no, I'm sorry, not unusual. With Tada, it was silly fun, and I enjoy games like that. So I had no problem. I enjoyed it so much that that I got the dimensions from Rodney, and I'm going to make a custom one. You're probably going like, what are we talking about? It's a plastic, it's a plastic bowl, but they call it an arena
2: mm-hmm. and the dice are gladiators mm-hmm. and it's a D six. And on the one is an X. You got a five die, six. Six, six. six die. You start with six, six, die. six. Okay. There's, there's uh there, I think, does it get seated with one, it gets seated mm-hmm. with one die. And then one person throws in a die hoping to match the number of the existing die. Well, you can keep throwing in dice. And your goal is, is once two match, you get to take them and put them back in your hand. So that's the whole thing is you don't want to run out of dice. So what's a push your luck thing? It's like, do I want to spend my last dice? You can just pass and and, and move on. The rule Tony, that's just so crazy. Let's say for it just so happens that several dice match and you get to take them all and there's no dice left in the bowl. The next person has to take whatever dice they have in their hand and
1: throw them all in and just pray at least two of them match. That's right. It's a cage match, man. I had no problem with that that's exactly what it was it's supposed to be fast fun but you you make fun of that rule if you want. but it was the one rule where everybody was anticipating the roll. you know oh yeah he's chucking one yeah. dice he's chucking one dice. but when someone had to roll all of their dice in the bowl everybody's like is he going to get any matches you know and it's a it's a way to keep that game moving and eliminate the players now not only if you don't match but if you miss the bowl which is easy to do if this game if um various liquids are involved, then they're also out. (laughs) That's right. And if
2: you roll an X... Then that dice is out of the bowl too. So you're eliminating dice, you're eliminating players, and the last man standing wins or last person standing.
1: I, wins. I don't understand how you could not like this game. It's all about us, it's rolling dice and taking names, plain and simple. Dang it, since you put it that way, I guess I got to go order a copy now. Oh, don't worry. I'll get you a customized. See, but the trick to this is going to be, and you say I have to do this with Rodney, get on the show, and he and I can go on and on and on about this, but the dice weight. Those dice were some good dice. They were some hefty dice. But you know, another game too that kind of falls
2: falls in that same vein. Jamie was dying to teach us Dutch Blitz, and we finally got <laughs> to play Dutch Blitz. I can't even don't even want to try to tell you an overview of what the game is. It's kind of like war.
1: No, it's nowhere like. No, it's nothing like war. Dutch Blitz is a simple Pennsylvania game where oh. where you have ten cards in your Oh good gosh! Now I'm going your blitz, and then you have your was it poles or, po- po- or post, post. Pol- in your post. You're basically trying to get cards out of your blitz, ten of them, and move them to the top row, or or better, just get them out of your blitz. And you're playing cards from your hand. You have a uh, cards in your hand, and it's like playing solitaire. See, this is why I didn't want to explain it. I'm already confused. The, the
2: cards are numbered from one to 10. There's mm-hmm. four
1: different colors. Right. And all you're doing is playing cards to the top of the, of the thing. You're up to the, the middle. The top you're of the what? To
2: when, whenever, the middle of the table. So when everybody, yeah. somebody gets a one, they put it in the middle of the table. Then somebody can put the same color to one, then three. And you try to build up all 10 and lock that, that pile. And you try to get rid of all of them. But then there's this mechanic where you have cards in front of you. And you can play them from top down. If you alternate boy-girl on the cards...
1: And the whole purpose of that is that, you know, the the, the different colors in your hand, uh, one colors are the boys, one colors are the girls. And it's it's a cute, fast paced game. You wear out the cards like Jamie said, when you buy them, you get two decks because you're going or two sets because you're going to wear them out. It's a very fast. There's other games that are around this. But yes, Dutch Blitz you and I stunk at that. I finally won when I stood up and by Chris's advice to me is, Hey, you need to stand up in order to win. I was able to win, but it came down to the fact that I had all low numbers in my blitz. That's what it came down to.
2: And at the end of the game, uh, you basically take all the cards that were played in the center table and return each person, their colored card and you count them up. And then it's minus two for every uh, one you have left in that side deck, which I think was called the post. And so the person with the highest score wins. And then I think you play until somebody
1: reaches, well, was it seventy-five, something like that. Some number like that. Yeah, seventy-five. And I, I hate speed games like that. I, I don't know. okay hates to Yeah. Okay, another coin in the geek jar. I do not like games like that, but Donna loves them. So guess what? Yeah, you're all over it. It's ordered. It's you've already ordered it. It's in. It's in the <laughs> checkout for Amazon.com. Yes, it's also sad. But <laughs> we did. How much is it? it it's so it, it's like uh, I think I think I got it for around eleven, twelve dollars or something wow so strike and Dutch blitz you're a fan I did not say I'm a fan of Dutch blitz what I said is my wife loves these games and the other game that she enjoys I cannot stand that's like this and I cannot think of what it is it is strictly uno of building playing cards aces to the center where you're just flipping over three cards and if your card matches one of the cards the sequences in the middle you just play it I hate that game at least with this game I feel there's more strategy in it in the fact that you the boy girl boy girl thing i I, I prefer that over this no, I totally get that. Yeah, I know. Whatever. Another card game we got to play that I, f- it was near the end of the night, and we got to play Six Nymph, which I love. I couldn't tell. What do you think? Did anybody else enjoy it at the table besides me? I don't think so.
2: I, I, I tried to read the table and I didn't see a lot of love. That's so sad. That is just so sad. You know, also, we got to play a game that uh, I hadn't played in a while. We got to sit down and play Mysterium uh, towards the end of the day on Saturday. Jamie, Chris, and I are walking around. I was like, y'all want to do something? And we walked by Sam and Z from the Dice Tower. And they said, y'all guys want to play something? And we went to the library. And by the way, Kumin or Not has a, a pretty decent library for checking out games. And we decided to play Mysterium. Now, Jamie had never been the ghost in Mysterium. So he sat down and did that. And let me just say... Jamie must have been on the exact same wavelength as Sam and
1: Z and he just cannot connect with you, I or Chris. No, but yes, you're absolutely right. Sam and Z were, were right there with him. We were not. And we lost. We lost. We got
2: to uh, the very last round and three of us still had not determined who the murderer or the the, the, the killer was or whatever. Uh, but Sam and Z had, and they were trying to help us out. It, it, it just didn't work. But Still, it it was still a good time. time.
1: But talk about the big event of the con.
2: So before we got there, we all decided, we being Tony, I, Rodney, Pep, Chris, and Jamie, to play a game of a Game of Thrones, the board game. Could I put game in there enough times during that sentence? But anyway, Saturday night, we pulled this thing out, set it up. Tony, you had never played. Um, I had only played three times, and we probably, it took us, what, about three hours? Yes. About three hours to play?
1: Three to six. I lost track of time.
2: <laughs> that was so much fun. So just out of curiosity, before we just tell a little bit about it, what did you think of your first experience of Game of
1: Thrones? Well, a picture on Twitter shows me crying in the corner. <laughs> that was so funny. Tony was making a phone call and he couldn't
2: hear, so he had his head buried in the corner. And we're, it looked just like he was crying. So we grabbed a shot of it. It was just
1: funny. Yeah, it was real funny. What did I think of it? Um, this is a game I w- would definitely enjoy playing again. I personally would not own because I would not be able to find anybody to play with. And everybody around me who I would play with ha- probably has a copy. Right. Um, but I enjoyed my experience. I learned a lot. This is one of those games where you will not get good at it unless you're a savant or played it multi-times.
2: Yeah, no, I totally agree. And it's so interesting that here we were all expecting for these massive backstabs to occur between alliances, but it really didn't happen. There wasn't a lot of drama. I know know that uh, you and Rodney were in the southern part of Restoros and you kind of had a gentleman's agreement to leave each other alone. And you decided to test the waters literally by putting a boat or ship in one of his waters that Caused a little fight between you two, but that was about it. There wasn't a lot of helping somebody else. And then halfway through, somebody turns around to get stabbed. We didn't need to because Pep methodically as the Lannisters just marched right through the middle of Westeros and just decimated us. It was like, hey, wait, don't let game over. It literally was like that. It's like, you know, Pep could possibly win. Okay. Congratulations, Pep. Good game.
1: Yeah, it it was unreal, but definitely fun. There were a few mechanics in the game I wasn't really happy with, but I was told that the game we played, that doesn't normally happen that way, and that was like the mustering and the voting on the various tracks. It just didn't happen a lot for us in that game. I agree. There were few and far between. And then they've happened back to back, but by that time, it was over, you know? We can never put push the people, or I cannot. I did not have one of the stars so we weren't mustering. I didn't have a star. So Rodney and I were both down there at the southern end staying warm, but we, our armies couldn't grow. We couldn't do anything. And so basically we just sat there and said, all right, well, we'll just wait for somebody to come march in.
2: I I tried to bribe everybody with moon pies. I guess it worked okay. Nobody really came after me. I was just sitting up in the north kind of turtling, and you, you really can't turtle. I just didn't know where to go from there. It's just, yeah. I, I love the mechanics of the game. It's very much a... Starcrafty, um, Forbidden Stars type action selection, you know, where you have your tokens and you can put them out and resolve those actions. They don't stack on top of each other like Starcraft or Forbidden Stars, but it kind of reminded me of that.
1: Right. And I will say this when, when we do the 2017 Squirrelies, we need to have a Sportsman Award. And you know what I mean. Oh, I, I, Yeah, I know exactly. Jamie. Yeah. Holy cow. So,
2: Jamie, I think, has played this game quite a few times. And, and from what I understand, it's pretty good at it. Poor guy. At the end of the game, he just got hit from a couple different sides between Rodney and Pep. He was down to one little ship sitting in one little bay. Man, he kept his composure because I know he just had to be upset. I think he went from angry
1: to disappointed to embarrassed. It was the weakest link. I was able to claim one of his lands, and then Pep basically came in. As soon as I expanded, that's when Pep said, this game's mine because I had overextended, and he completely wiped me out. Yeah. Because I got down there with Jamie. I only had one keep as well. Barely that. Oh, poor guy. He didn't have a keep. He just had that one little boat. And Rodney just
2: decided to let up and not go and clear it out (laughs) because he could have
1: done it. Yeah. I would have been like, please, let me so I can go to the bathroom and get something to drink. (laughs) I had some popcorn I could have given you. Oh, that's true. You could have. So anyway. Yeah. That was an interesting time with Game of Thrones. Definitely want to play it again. And uh, I hope we do get a chance here with our local gaming group. So maybe I'll not sour on it that much. Right now, you know, you just got that aftertaste to it for me. So I definitely need to get it on the table again. As always,
2: CMON Expo was a blast this year. Again, this was my third time. Tony, this is your
1: first. Will you be going back? I would love to go back, but it is not a good weekend. Next weekend, it's going to be May next 12th. Next weekend. Th- next week. It's next weekend. I can go. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Next year, it's going to be May 12th through May 14th, which again is Mother's Day. And we understand. It's a great time for them to secure a great location in Atlanta where there are tremendous restaurants where we got to take the guys for some great southern cooking at Pity Pat's Porch and then some spicy chicken right down the street from it as well. I mean, that I, I completely understand why that weekend you cannot beat you know that location they were at right there at the um metro in Atlanta too so if you wanted to go to the MARTA station MARTA station yeah the metros in Paris there's also isn't it the metro in DC Is Mr. It? smarty butt <laughs> okay but the the real famous ones in Paris sure whatever i'm not ever anyway so but it's a great location you can't argue with that it's a great show it's very intimate uh, there was only, you know, several hundred
2: people there. Everybody was in one room. It was easily to talk to each other. You could just go in, again, sit down and play a game with designers like Lonius and Avery and Lang and see what they're working on and see their prototypes. You can't do that at Gen Con. If you, you guys get a chance to potentially go in the future, I highly recommend it. It's a well-run show. They have great panels, especially if you're into painting. They bring in all these these uh, really well-known painters to teach how to paint miniatures. And those people do a fantastic job. It's, it's just a great, all-encompassing show. And I just want to emphasize, it's not just about cool Mini or Not games. Sure, they're showing off a lot of their stuff there, but their game library has a lot of different things. Their vendors there are from a lot of other different companies. Uh, we had a great time. Eric Lang, you know, you know, said so it's one of his top
1: cons. You know, that, that's saying something. World of Coke is right down the street from you. So if you want to go taste all the worldly <laughs> flavors of Coke, because, you know, Coke in Atlanta, that's where it's all headquartered there. Um, also, Chick-fil-A was is headquartered down there. So you can get that. Guys, just think about it. We are not only gaming, but we're also foodies and all this other stuff we try. Foodies. foodies. Chick- <laughs>
2: Eating Chick-fil-A as a foodie. I will stay. Uh, I'm friends with Bobby Stickle from GTS Distribution uh, on Facebook. And all <laughs> on Monday morning, all he did was talk about the Chick-fil-A sandwich that he had and how he loved it and how he's going to miss it.
1: <laughs> it <was laughs> the man's in love with Chick-fil-A. Unfortunately, yeah, that weekend's kind of tough. So um, hopefully, you know, maybe we can go down and then maybe come. I'll come back on Saturday night or something. But, but yeah, I got a feeling missing another Mother's Day. Mm, that may not be a card I want to play in the future, but it was a great show. So if you can get a pass... Get down there, enjoy the show. Great people, incredible hosts, the cool many staff and their volunteers. They knew the games. They sat down. And we're not talking, hey, go play it for 30 minutes and then get up because I got to get the next wave in here. No, you were playing full games.
2: Oh, Tony, that's actually a very good point. Because at Gen Con, you only get to sample a few minutes of a game, maybe play around and you're done. Here, you're playing a full game and potentially with the designer.
1: And you were only one subfloor below the earth, so you could actually go up and see the outside. It's always
2: interesting, the other conventions that are going on. This year, it happened to be
1: a (laughs) ballroom dance competition. There was a ballroom dance competition. So
2: all these men in their tuxes and ladies in their gowns were walking around all over the place. And it was interesting to see them like out in the corridors practicing before they
1: went into the competition. So just an interesting mix between gamers and ballroom dancers. Yeah. And then of course the prom people showed up. It was fun, but either way, guys, if, if you can get to cool Mini, Marty and I give it a big old thumbs up and we hope you do get to experience it. And once again, cool Mini or not, thank you so much for um, inviting us down. We really do appreciate it. And thanks for everybody, especially putting up with us as when we were there um, you still had some moon pies left over. These people just weren't real hungry, were they? I didn't do a good job of distributing them, but I have some now so that I can start uh, you know, saving up for for Origins. I hear you. So Origins is the next con. So guys, can't wait to see y'all there, but do me a favor. Keep rolling dice. Like in Strike. Oh man, what a great game. And Taking Names.
2: Thanks for listening. We love interacting with people. And if you'd like to interact with us, please join our Facebook page, our guild, or talk with us on Twitter at Dyson Names. In addition, if you'd like to support the show, please go out to podpledge.com. Make sure to come back for our next episode where we have Rob Davio, designer of the Legacy Games, to talk to us about Seafall. Three, two, one. We are so excited. Thanks for the snap.
1: (laughs) You gonna bang the table too? Okay, that's awesome. (laughs) Can you believe that summer is almost here? Well, if you haven't gotten your pre-orders in over at FunAgain.com time is running out on you. Be sure to take advantage of those pre-orders and get the discounts that you need, especially if you're interested in the Easter basket. This is kind of like the advent calendar that gives you special mini expansions. Expansions for Imperial Settlers, Colt Express, Snowdonia, just to name a few. Be sure to check it out at funagain.com.